Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. The Daily Combat Podcast is brought to you as always by Olympic hopeful turned boxer and all-round sporting polymath Isabella Rossitano, arm wrestling influencer Hollywood Matt Connolly, and combat sports ring announcer Dave Stockbridge. So join Izzy, Dave, and Matt as we talk about the world of combat sports on this episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. Well, welcome to a new series of the Daily Combat Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge, and joining me is my co-host, Matthew Hollywood. Connolly. That's right. The bicep has gone the, up. The bicep is up. Just the one today. I did. I've got a microphone in the way of the other one. <laughs> I carefully a... did consider that, but I thought that five seconds into the new episode, he didn't want a microphone. It could have been too much. It could have been too much <laughs> for the, for the, the audience. They've been waiting for weeks. And right. yeah, to only get the one by might have been disappointing <sighs> for some. So uh, we do apologise uh, straight from the outset. It's not good to start a new series with an apology, but nonetheless, we know what the double buy expectations are That's of, right. of our demographic. 200% more bicep next week <laughs> so it's been it's been uh well it's been a big last month or so in the world of combat sports um jake paul's still around he is indeed uh, so and and uh dana white's talking about him a lot he is uh, yeah wow geez uh, i bet dana's sort of eating his words at the moment because you know he was expecting uh ben askren to, to take him out and mm. of course ben askren came in with the dad bod that didn't do any training <laughs> had a broken hip <laughs> <laughs> got knocked out in about well, three uh, seconds. Yeah, it? it was like a first minute or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit I embarrassing. I think I literally could have done better. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's good. All he had to do was move, really. <laughs> he didn't move. He was a heavy bag with eyeballs. <laughs> uh, so uh, so uh, Ben Askren come and gone, uh, and uh, we've... Um, and, and in his midst, um, uh, with, there is now talk of Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. So it was um, Tyron Woodley had a match mm, as well. Yeah. And uh, although I, I've looked everywhere for it, I don't know what Triller's media <laughs> play is, but unless you actually bought the pay-per-view, it's freaking hard to find any sort of replays. I've, I was looked for maybe two or three days mm. of, like, the you know, the following the event. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, I want to see the highlights. I want to see, like, you can't see it from this part of the world. You can't see this. You can't, And I'm like... I just want to see the thing. This is the problem, Dave. We're <laughs> talking about distribution and getting your event in front of as many people as you want. And yep. Unless you're actually sitting there willing to pay 50 bucks to see the actual fire. Mm. It's like, well, I want to know what happened. It's finished. It, well, it's, it's a really intriguing thing. And I think that uh, when it comes to televised combat sports, full stop, we're, we're really in this um, middle space at the moment where there are going to be uh, those that uh, uh, hook themselves straight up to this pay-per-view uh, model, mm -hmm. and that's definitely the direction that Triller's gone. Um, and then you've got uh, UFC that are um, uh, have got a very fine balancing act between providing loads of really good quality free content mm -hmm. uh, and, and a lot of hype videos and a lot of build-up, uh, and then just constricting you know, the main events, essentially. Right. So, which seems to, I mean, seems to work really well for the growth of the sport. I don't know if Triller's really interested in the growth of the sport, though. No. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really appear to be. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're seemingly interested in people in the last five minutes of their career, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, I will say, Anderson Silva looked fantastic in the ring, didn't he? Yeah. It, well, Tito Ortiz is my favourite fighter, so he didn't, uh, didn't look too fantastic for me. <laughs> it looked fantastic to the point where Tito got hit with that left, um, and then they went click and turned it off. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was looking busy. It was there. You know, it was, yeah. it was getting in there. He got got some accommodations. Nothing really seemed to land. Uh, yeah. But uh, Anderson Silva moved really well, and uh, yeah. you know. The, he just uh, bobbled his head around and uh, it was a, a quick, quick ride, wasn't it? And uh, it was all over. Yes, horrible. Horrible, horrible to watch. Oh, man, it is. I mean, How yeah. many more times is T2 or Tears uh-huh. going to find himself in a ring or an octagon or a bare knuckle? Where, where, where to next for T2 or Tears? Well, if that, you're in his corner right now, what would you be suggesting? Yeah, I think he's retired about seven times. Yep. Um, <laughs> he had His whole career was through the UFC. So he started UFC and mm. finished his career there. Well, finished. Yeah. <laughs> his first finish. His first Retirement was from the UFC. The first of the eighth retirement. That's right. Yeah. Um, he went to Bellator. He fought Charles Sonnen. He had some fights there as well. Uh, and a couple of small organizations he sort of bounced around a little bit. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's a big name. He's, he's always going to have that attraction, the, the fan base that, you know, any time, at any point in time, he says, hey, I'm fighting. There will be people that are paying to see him. Sort of like, Bob Sapp. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Everybody wants around. to see the train wreck. Yeah, that's they right. want to see what happens. That's yeah. right. And I, although in the last probably five fights, he, he, he has looked quite good. You know, he still looked competitive. I mean, the people mm. that he went He's in against, great shape. Yeah, he's still training hard, still looking good. Uh, I think he's late 40s now. Mm. But yeah, still owns the gym and, and trains all the time. But uh, first time he's actually been knocked out was mm. with this Anderson Silver fight, like knocked out cold and he was face down and unfortunately people keep sending me it's that a lot of memes oh, man, <laughs> my inbox is filled because everyone knows but he you know that's my favorite guy and there's a photo of, of all the people oh, tito's God. your guy as well yeah, I mean, of course, of course. <laughs> oh, man. and um the, the photo was him like face <laughs> face down with a smile <laughs> <laughs> and it's obviously he's not smiling, but he's unconscious. It's but his face it, it just twitched like that for half a, a millisecond, enough. and that's the one they're like, "Yes, <laughs> grab that screen grab." He's smiling twitch. while he's asleep, and then of course, oh, he took a dive, and there he is smiling about his payday. It's like, no, he's not. And thank you for sending me that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a tragedy, though, that uh, somebody who's had an illustrious career such as Tito's and, and, it, and has really done a lot for the growth of combat sports as well, it, hanging on to his career perhaps a, a few years too long, finds yeah. himself now, you know, a meme, essentially. <laughs> and how do you come back from that? Like, what, yeah. what you know, uh, honestly, like, what, what sponsors are interested? Who's going to watch next time? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. What 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 does come next in, in from a, for a fighter in that position now? It's and, difficult. And then it answers the question as well: What would happen if Mike Tyson jumps in the ring oh. and something similar? Yes, happens. That's a good point. That's mm. a very good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Evander Holyfield will ever go again, and he probably shouldn't have. He looked great though. He did look good but physically. He looked physically great. good. Yeah, very slow and lum- lumbery. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you think. Who's holding the commission accountable for mm. allowing these fighters to come back and, and get into an event, a main event against somebody that, you know, I guess you could argue, argue the point with, with Tito and Anderson Silva, similar ages, both mm. had illustrious careers in the same sport. And it's like, okay, you're taking away the other elements of wrestling and Muay Thai and kickboxing, um, and they're just doing the boxing part of it. Mm. But, you know, when you've got Evander who, how old is Evander? 60? 50, 58, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, who is he fighting? Um and it's sort of you, you go, man, he hasn't fought for so long. And mm. it's like, yeah, you're physically in good condition, but um, when he gets knocked out that 
in that way and that quickly. Yeah. It's like, who, who let this happen? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's providing the advice. He's in the corner, and, mm. and 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 is it because there is just so much money thrown that they just figure ah, my legacy or pot full of gold? Yeah, uh, that's I'm, right. you know, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You know, we we could do with the new swimming pool, and you know, uh, so. Yeah, it is hard because you're also talking. These are prize fights now. They, mm. they, they, this isn't uh, no one. No one's fighting for a status or a championship belt or yeah. an opportunity or to be the number one contender. Now mm. it's just like, hey, yeah, this might be the last chance I've got to cash in on whatever it is that my brand's got. Yeah. Um, but is it? You know, yeah. uh, is it? Is it? Is it a little bit uh, narrow to be thinking of uh, combat sports athletes as simply those people in the ring mm. or? You know, can people do things outside of the ring? You know, can they can they take their brand out of the ring, out of the cage, and and be commercially viable and and culturally relevant mm. uh, in the way that maybe Mike Tyson is being yeah. right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost um, strange that he did get back in the ring because I guess he probably had that pressure. Everyone always asking him, "Oh, so mm. will you ever get back in?" And you know, I think for the last. 20 or maybe even 30 years he's been like no I'm not interested in, in doing it at all and then yeah. all of a sudden I guess something clicked or something an opportunity presented itself where it was like um, you know this is a payday or this is a big enough event or something that was inspiring enough for him to say yeah actually I want to get back into it or maybe just step back into the gym and just found the excitement or joy of, of boxing again and getting in shape and then it was like hey you're, you're back in training you're enjoying it do you want to have a fight? Let's work you towards something, mm. um, as opposed to um, you know. Well, he, I don't know how he is with his money. <laughs> I think he's always at ups and downs with it. But you know, to say uh, let's go and find as many retired fighters as we can that have a name and just offer some money and see if they'll get in the ring. Yeah. Uh, I was it, 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 do you think in some part it was because the card got switched up right at the end? Maybe he was preparing for an Oscar De La Hoya mm. type opponent because Vita Belfort is. He's a dangerous man. He he's, he's still <laughs> young as well. I mean, he's well. Forty six. Yeah. Think. Well, I mean, compared yeah. to, to uh, fifty eight, yes, exactly. twelve years is a long time at, that, right. at the tail end. Yeah. There's no doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he looked like he was, you know, physically uh, very very capable. <laughs> there might be a reason for that, but. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you remember a TRT Vitor from the, the UFC days. Yeah, yeah, optimal, uh, like Uberim. Uh, but, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Uberim, yeah, wow, that was a big change. Uh, well, it, it's, and what a change for him as well. Like, mm. he went from being um, uh, undefeatable, almost, like, <sighs> insurmountable man. to a different a different beast. That's right, it's yeah. strange. I mean, that heavyweight division, you know, with, with the ability to get knocked out in one punch, uh, it's quite anybody in that, I mean, so much power. Yeah, uh, and you're seeing, uh, as I've said a couple of times, I mm. think if it doesn't end in the first round, it's going to a decision. Because yeah. <laughs> it is like that is the moment where both of the both of the heavyweights have that that level of knockout power, but it, it dissipates really quickly, uh, especially if it's, it's a grappling heavy match and it's sort of you know they're both leaning on each other or or you know using that energy to defend with wrestling as opposed to throwing punches, but. Uh, it is interesting seeing Alistair Overeem's style change uh, from when he was in the Pride um, and and you know doing Muay Thai kickboxing, very mm. aggressive, uh, very shelled, which might have more to do with the size of the gloves that he was wearing, but yep. uh, a lot more aggressive, a lot more chasing, 
um, cornering opponents and and using his power to knock them out. Big yep. knees, the uber knee, you know, the <laughs> uh, over him sort of thing. Uh, the big kabush, as, as Michael <laughs> Chabello likes to call it, the goodbye Irene move. <laughs> but uh, when he went into the UFC, obviously came in as Demolition Man, obviously on some... Uh, special vitamins, vitamins. Special uh, vitamins. vitamin S, uh, mm. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when they Im- implemented the USADA drug testing protocols, and yeah, they were really cracking down on it. Uh, and he did get busted for, um, I think it was elevated levels of testosterone. They didn't actually catch um, like a substance, but his levels, I think there's in men, it's supposed to be uh, like your range for tests is, is like supposed to be from one to six. At, and six is like extremely maximum. like Very, very you know, manly. Yeah, that's yes. right. And most of the high level athletes are sitting around four. Mm. And uh, Uber Eames was at 40. <laughs> just amazing yeah it's so weird i don't know he he blamed um i think eating a steak that had (laughs) (laughs) what had had the cow been eating (laughs) he found the only cow on the human growth hormone that's right that's right Riddled with the uh, with the testosterone that cow was, <laughs> yeah. So he obviously got caught. Uh, had uh, elevated <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but then he uh, he got suspended, uh, mm. and then obviously <laughs> when he came back, it was such a physical, very different. depleted. Oh, it's insane. It was like yeah. there's there's comparison photos, you know. Um, Pre pre forty, <laughs> and then whatever he managed to sneak around to get to uh, when he came back, you know, to avoid those levels because he would have had to still been on something. I mean, even therapeutically, if you've gone that high, you, you're gonna <laughs> if you're not artificially going on it, uh, you're gonna be way down, even yeah. at one, maybe less than one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he's on TRT. I don't know, but yeah. Um, but yeah, when you look at those two comparison photos, and it's like. Mr. Olympia on one side yeah. <laughs> and then half of that and yeah. like a melted version, you know, yeah. just everything smaller. But in terms of his fighting style... Like, like a birthday uh, balloon <laughs> that's just been out for like maybe like eight or nine days. It's just... just like, <laughs> 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 I've just got an image of um, it was like a 40 degree day it's completely unrelated <laughs> but I just popped into my head um, it was like a 40 degree day it was like 4 in the afternoon it had been 40 all day it was really hot I went to my car <laughs> that had been sitting in the sun all day and I opened the boot and a fly like flew out but it flew out like like oh. <laughs> it wasn't like freedom it was like oh, like, oh no <laughs> That's post vitamin S. <laughs> Uber in. That was Uber in. <laughs> After you started. Post to start. It really, it's like two different athletes, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, um, and we're, when, when you, um, when, when, is there room? Is there room? Because we, I, I think, we have kind of we've gone from like prize fighting, say pre-war prize fighting, to where most professional fighters uh, would not have been MMA or martial arts based. They would have been they, it would have been boxing based. Mm-hmm. So a prize fight, you know, you 
challenge whoever. It, it didn't really. So you, you had that as part of the, the fighting culture, no doubt. Post-war, you've got a lot more regulation. You've mm-hmm. got um, all of the associations. You, you've got that. Every, everybody's going to... So the, the sport becomes somewhat legitimised. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of going back where we're letting almost 60-year-old men fight against world-class athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're letting YouTube stars with no no prior uh, history in the sport mm-hmm. kind of come in at the top end of the sport uh, where the risks are, are at their greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily competing against the best in the sport now, mm-hmm. but competing against you know, world-class a- athletes in their, own, in their own right and in their own time. Um, is there is there an appetite for just juicing these guys up and mm-hmm. Ubering, you know, uh, up against um, Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. uh, juiced up to the gills, yeah. shuck them into a ring at three hundred pounds and just see what happens? Yeah. Is, is that is that where is that the future or prize fighting? I, I don't think it'll be the future. I think that it'll it will it'll be a part of prize yeah. fighting. I think it'll is s- it part of the future? <laughs> it's in the future. <laughs> it's in the future. It's definitely in the future. Um, I think it's got to go hand in hand. I think you're going to have you're going to have to have your legitimate side of it, yeah. Um, where you'll have your linear champions that are working towards the the world championship belt, mm. um, and then you're going to have your, I guess, for lack of a better description, freak show fights outside of that. Yeah. Um, and I love those things. So. I do too. Yeah. That's I, what I'm saying. It's a, it gets us talking. I mean, this is all we're talking yeah, about yeah. so far. That's right. I, I'm not talking about the UFC fight from the weekend where number six in the world fought number seven. I yeah. don't even know who they are. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, when you've got a name, you got, that's why I'm always talking about this. You are. You, you know, you've got to have a <laughs> I've story. I've led you down the branding path, the, the much, narrative path. So yeah. let's, let's get you to this point and away you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is true isn't it yeah. you know the people are buying into the story and and into the name brands and there's a curiosity around those mm. name brands and a and, and a nostalgia yeah. attached to those uh, those people mm. uh that people are vested in at some level uh that's well, leading them to spend that 25 bucks yep. to get the pay-per-view yeah yeah i mean if it's their heroes or their, their idols or their favorite fighter from the last you know 10 or 15 years and it's like just i'd love to see him fight just one more time and it's mm. like well here's your opportunity and it's like maybe I shouldn't have watched it. <laughs> but you know, it is it I think for a fan to accept that they're not gonna be they're not the world champion now. They're not mm. the the caliber of athlete that they were. Yeah. But they are still the same person going in there and competing. Mm. And you know, as a fan, if you're able to accept that, you know, they're not gonna be as fast, they're not gonna be as quick, they're not gonna be as durable, but it is still that person going in, you getting to see them compete again. I mean, mm. Mike Tyson uh, stepping in the ring, yeah. you know, everyone wanted to see it. It's like yeah. you know, everyone knew he wasn't going to be the same Mike Tyson as when he was like 19 knocking everybody out yeah, in the world. Yeah. But uh, it was still fun. It, it was, was like, this is a fun thing. This is Mike Tyson. He's fighting again. Let's go. Let's watch it. Uh, so oh. if you're able to build those events and it's like even if it's like they're not at the premiere of their athletic career mm. it is still a fun narrative and a character and it's like you get to see the legend you know and yeah. even if uh when the actual fight happens it's not as interesting or it's not as exciting as what it could have been it the whole build-up and the surrounding part of the event you know the fun fair uh, the fluff i guess yeah. that's where the excitement comes and it's still a good experience so so w- with um, talking about Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield, like that was on the cards, mm. and uh, there was even some hype videos out there about it, and, and some some cool kind of, uh, uh, or it even got somewhat commercialised with some cool ads that mm. some people might have seen online. So that 
probably wouldn't happen now, I would anticipate. I don't know if that's a fight that people are keen to watch as much now Mm -hmm. after what we saw on the weekend as what they might have been two weeks ago. Um, So who's actually then next for Mike Tyson? He said he wanted to fight again. I think if the money was right, he'd be up for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like you. If it was a band of Holyfield, I think he'd be yeah. up for it now. But you know, I think if it was a band of Holyfield, I think there would have been a match there. It, yeah, would have. I think still people would still actually buy it, want to see it. I think that the, the difference is that the value of the event has diminished significantly after seeing what happened with Evander. Yeah, and it looks good physically, but not good in the actual sport of boxing yep. in terms of the speed. You know, I mean, he was block. He blocked those punches that knocked him out. So yeah. Um, You'd have to question who's going to sanction this event, and it's like, well, did you not see what happened to him? Like, uh, where is your job as a commissioner um, if you're going to put him in, and the same thing happens or worse? Mm. It's like, why did you allow this to happen? You, it's your responsibility to, to protect these people from themselves. Um, but I guess you know, if that did happen and the commission did block it, they would just find somewhere else to do it. I mean. Yep. It, where there's a will, there's a way. I just think don't think that the demand is as high. Uh, it's sort of like one loss diminishes your stock so mm. much. And yep. if you lose badly, it's sort of like, well, how do you come back? You'd have to win a few fights to get, even even at his yeah. level, it's sort of like, well, you got destroyed. And do you want to fight again against somebody else to try to build your name? You already had that legacy. Yep. It's, it's a hard fight to sell. Yeah compared to what it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, so now there doesn't seem to be an obvious Mike Tyson opponent on the horizon. Mm. It is sort of like dusting off the catalogue and mm. going, eh, is anyone else? Uh, <laughs> who else? Rocky uh, Balboa? Is <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rocky That's a eight. We, we do love on the Daily Combat uh, podcast, and, and that is a, a, a crossover athlete and an event. Uh, and, uh, and also we love it when somebody just drops out last minute. So we, uh, in the arm wrestling world, right. uh, sit o- over our break, there, there was a... Well, there, there was some interesting uh, sequence of events that took mm-hmm. place. So uh, for those that uh, haven't been following the arm wrestling world, for instance, um, you had the number one contender, you would say, in the Western world. That would have been Michael Todd mm-hmm. uh, coming up against Levin, mm-hmm. who uh, is a beast of a man, mm-hmm. um, huge Russian guy. So the uh, And generally regarded as being number one in the world. I most people sh- would shaved a, a bear. He's actually that big. <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot either. <laughs> they just put on talks. like a number four. <laughs> he doesn't talk because it's only growled. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he is it 160, oh. 180 kilos? Yeah, he's, 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 he's gigantic. And it, I mean, a, a ridiculous wrist, um, yeah. 10 inch hand. It's a plank of wood with fingers. With fingers <laughs> attached. Uh, so it, it, now most people, and, and I would say even today, most people would say he's the number one guy. Mm-hmm. But not really tested, and certainly not tested. And for those that aren't following it, you've essentially got two big leagues in the world. You've got the, the Russian-dominated league. You've got the American-dominated league. So you had the best in, of the Russians. who The Russians are saying the number one guy, and the number one guy. So it was like the America's Cup mm-hmm. of, of, of arm wrestling. We were going to find out finally who was the number one in the world. Mm-hmm. And then last minute? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
dropped dropped out completely, and uh, and and politics uh, played a massive role in that. Um, and uh, from the Russian side of things, it it appeared from the outside world in that they were got a little bit gutless in the end, and yeah. didn't just in case their their big guy was going to lose, mm. and so. Who stepped in and perhaps you want to take it from here? Well, uh, so Devin Larratt and Larry Wheels promotions. Uh, in- incredible. Yeah. So for those who aren't following, Larry Wheels has got about a million subscribers on YouTube. One of the biggest influencers in the world is now Dubai-based mm. and uh, off his own bat put together this yeah. uh, this event, which uh, essentially settled who was number one in the Western world. That's right, yeah. Um, so... Uh, so the, the fight between number one and number two didn't happen. Uh, so we ended up with a fight between number one and number two, maybe, maybe top three in the Western world. And the arm wrestling world was somewhat surprised by the result. Yeah, absolutely. So Devin Larratt is um, you know, former world champion. Uh, he had lost his sort of heavyweight title to Michael Todd, who was you know, the, the other element in that you know, Western side versus the, the Eastern League. So Levan... I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> From the Sa- European League. So, Saganshan Vivili. I don't know. I can't say it. <laughs> That's a good attempt. I'm just going to say Levan. Levan. Levan um, and, and Michael Todd were, was the match to make. Absolutely, they needed to do that. That was their opportunity to combine the leagues or have a super match that everybody in the world that follows arm wrestling wanted to see that match. Yep. And European president... Um, Stopped it from happening. Yep. Did, no, not going to happen. If you want your American champion to go against our, our champion, he has to qualify through the tournaments and through the leagues and do these things to be able to get the opportunity to go against our champion. And it's like, it's not going to happen. Yep. Uh, you are going to miss the boat because people are ready to see that match right now. Yep. Uh, and that is going to be the one that's going to promote the sport to the new level, is going to bring uh, audience and audience. eyeballs from all around the world that want to see this thing. And you know, people that are fans of arm wrestling are going to get, oh, you got to get their mates. you got to see this thing on this guy, this American versus the guy. It was the storyline that, that would have been you know, the blockbuster match. Yeah. Uh, they didn't go ahead with that, stupidly. Um, <laughs> uh and so, Larry Wheels, who has been getting into arm wrestling, yeah, he's yeah, awesome. he's turned into a big fan. Yeah, he, he is an awesome guy. Obviously, one of the strongest guys who's ever lived has yeah. set world records in all sorts of things. Seems to be nothing that he can't be awesome at. <laughs> uh, got into arm wrestling, which is fantastic, and has been uh, really training hard. And he put together a card, a pay per view card, pay per view for arm wrestling, yeah. which is you know incredible, not, not even heard of. I think they've only done that maybe once before. Um, pay-per-view card streamed online easy to access uh, everyone could find it I think it was five bucks which, yeah. you know it's justifiable yep. um, and put together the event he was on the card as well he went against schoolboy or he probably shouldn't have because schoolboy no. destroyed him yeah. um, but but it was a good matchup and again yeah. got people talking exactly. about that matchup for weeks in the lead up to it exactly mm. and the, the I mean aesthetically you've got Larry Wheels who is enormous um Massive Huge arm, human being, yeah. Massive bodybuilder physique. Mm. And then he was going against schoolboy who looks like a schoolboy. Yeah. I mean, he... I and as much as a six foot four, 260-pound yeah. schoolboy can yeah, look, but he right. does. He looks like a baby, doesn't exactly. he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I mean, he obviously trains really hard, but and but he, he's not somebody that you would just look at and instantly go, oh, that guy's... You know, a he's a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. And so from the aesthetic 
point. It's like, oh, the, the bodybuilder guy looks way stronger than that. He's like guy. the Hoist Gracie, yeah, essentially, exactly. of, of arm wrestling. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. they had their match and Schoolboy dominated completely. Mm. Um, but Which was like a win for arm wrestling, really. Yeah, wasn't for sure. It? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It sort of shows that the technique um, yeah, will, will go against the strength. So you can be a lot stronger than your opponent, uh, but. You can't access that strength, then yep. then you'll get dominated. Yep, uh, as I found out every Sunday. <laughs> but you're getting you're getting there. You're doing good. Getting there. Yeah. Sounds so patronising. Oh, yeah, continue. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but on that card, the main event was Devin Larratt, former champion who had lost to Michael Todd, um, the American champion, current heavyweight champion, and so because they couldn't match up the European. Levan with Michael Todd. Mm. Uh, Larry Wills put his card together and put Devin Larratt and Michael Todd together. Probably the second biggest match that could have happened. Yeah. And so Devin... Um, and, and for Devin, it was relatively last minute. Yeah. So there wasn't a huge preparation. Yeah. But he went through quite the uh, physical transformation in the lead-up to That's it. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I mean, he documented it on YouTube just, you know, every day putting up videos of what he was doing and it was mainly eating. Eating. <laughs> <laughs> so so for, for those that uh, aren't familiar, Devin Larratt's a, a big guy, like he's tall, he's 6'5", thereabouts, so he's got, a, he's got a pretty reasonable frame, but he's not the most muscular guy in the world, is he? Like right. he's, he's got long limbs and, uh, and, and even though he's... Uh, like definitely a powerful looking guy. It's more athletic than what you'd say bulky. I yes. think that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Um. And um. Uh, but he came in bulked. Oh yeah. He was huge. Yeah. It, I'm not sure it, how much weight he actually put on, but it was significant. It was two ninety five, I believe, right. on the on the table that wow. night. And uh, Michael Todd, who would traditionally be a lot heavier mm. uh, than um, than Devon, I think was. 270 or 270 yeah. early 270s right. uh, on the table that night so for there was a bit of a reversal there in in, in weight and mm. uh yeah and, and what happened I, I guess nobody really expected no that's right well the last matchup that they had where michael todd ended up with the victory it was very close but a, i think it was spread over five first two it was first to three and I think that Michael won. This is off the top of my head. I think it was three to two or three to three one. It mm. was. It was a really. It was, and the matches were really long. Like mm. they were, oh, all wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, big big wars. Uh, with Michael Todd's style, he he uses what we call a king's move, where his arm is he's he's leaning. Which back. some people outsiders might say is cheating. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the controversial moves in arm wrestling and. Uh, a lot of people despise it completely. Because You're kind of hanging off the table. Yeah, like this that's with your right. Arm almost straight. That's right. And hard pin. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. So his arm has been broken twice previously, and it's sort of you know, where the bone has healed up. It's his arm almost won't straighten. Yeah, <laughs> and so he uses that to his advantage in the positioning that he gets into, where he can lean with his body, uh, with his arm almost fully extended. Mm. Uh, and but still above the pin pad, yeah. And the other person is doing everything and anything to pin them, and they just can't get that last inch, and they end up exhausting themselves. Mm. And and then he can you know keep working against them until they get tired and getting through and, and winning. So that's what happened in that last time that they they met up. Um, is it fair to say that a lot of people thought that maybe Devin's days at the top of were over? Like he, he seemed to even in his social media, and he seemed to be kind of sitting back a little bit commenting a lot on what's going on in the world, you know, uh, giving plenty of advice, but not not seemingly being ready to kind of head back to the top end. It seemed like maybe his days were, were over at the top. Mm. And then 
this happened. Yeah. Yeah, well, he mm. said that himself. He said that uh, he was, I don't know if you said depressed, but he definitely had a lack of motivation. Mm. Um, and I think losing to Michael Todd and then with that Kings move, I mean, you have to come up with a strategy to overcome it. And it's mm. sort of like, you know, he had, he had, with Devin, he had reached the pinnacle of his career in terms of he'd done everything. He'd been world champion. He'd been around the world and has, has a living as an arm wrestler, mm. um, has a YouTube channel with a big following. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then to be beaten with the Kings move. And then it's like, well, to overcome that Kings move, I'm going to have to spend months to try to figure out how to do it. Mm. Do I want to invest that time to beat one guy to become the world champion again? Mm. Um, but when the match fell apart between Michael Todd and Levan, uh, and Larry Wills stepped up and said to Devin, hey, let's put you and Michael Todd together and put it in Dubai and we'll stream it and it'll be a big event, he refound that motivation. And so he started eating, I think, what, 50 pancakes a day. Enormous amounts of food. Yeah, yeah, but the interesting thing was, so when the match actually took place, so uh, it was Devin destroyed Michael mm. Todd, like yeah. 6-0. It was incredible. Yeah, It absolutely. was almost like Michael was trying to arm wrestle his dad or something. Yeah. It was like... It, 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 he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get to his Kings move. He couldn't move any which way. Uh, and Devin dom- completely dominated. And, and from an outsider's perspective, it almost looked like he was injured or like wasn't able to access his strength or maybe he had some nerve issues. But mm. afterwards, he claimed that he was the strongest he's ever been going into that. Yeah. And... And felt like he was as prepared as he could ever ever have been. That's right. And and what a compliment for Devin. Mm. Um, and the interesting thing, and this is what I love about the sport of arm wrestling, is that there's video of them after the match. They're both sitting in, in a couple of chairs just chatting. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure who was filming it, but the, Devin was telling Michael exactly how he'd beat him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what technique he'd used. How he how he did it? What he trained? He was he, he said I I beat you on riser, which is where mm. your wrist is not you, your your wrist is pointed more towards your face, yeah, um, which is what we call with the rising muscle. Roman has an incredible, incredible riser. Incredible, Roman. Yes. <laughs> Roman's the producer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also an arm wrestler, but uh, has a concrete manual labor background, and we find a lot of guys that have that repetitive work. Uh, all labourer sort of jobs have that really strong wrist in that rising position. And so Devin had worked in that position um, significantly for this matchup because he figured out that if Michael wasn't able to get uh, that rising spot off of the start, he wouldn't be able to get into his king's move. Mm. And so that is what he used, and that's what won him the match completely Mm. 6-0. So it is interesting with the sport of arm wrestling where it's such a camaraderie that you, you can quite literally go to your opponent after you've won and this is what I did to win. This mm. is what you need to work on to stop me from beating you in the future. Yeah. You never have that in any of Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, you can't imagine Peter Belford uh, having a, a bit of a chat with the band of Holyfield, giving him some tips on how to beat him <laughs> next time. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's like, so what I did was I punched you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> don't get punched in the face. That's the way fine. you just got to avoid it. Yeah, don't, don't be 58 and box. That, there's, there's a hint for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it was a destruction. De- Devin won the match 6-0. Uh, it was it, the event overall, um, production-wise. It, it was at a standard that could have been better, but mm. it was it, it worked and yeah. it went 
well enough that they're going to do another one. Mm. I'm not sure how much money he would have made. It, it would have been a significant portion because I think it was one of the most watched arm wrestling events that's ever happened. Of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah, get do the same thing again. Just Great for the sport. Yeah, grab the same guys. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, people will watch. They're, they're the big names. Keep, yeah. keep throwing the big names together and then add in... This is this is the the, the way forwards. Yeah, uh, put your name people on the cards, main events. You know, have Devin go against Schoolboy. Have mm. Michael Todd against Larry. Have you know, just mix them back up again, and and then get some more known names in there. Yeah, uh, but th- by doing that and having the audience wanting to see those matches, that's where you can add in the other people mm. and build your stars under in the undercard. And it's like, well. Yeah, this is the match you want to see is the headlining card. But we had this amazing undercard match. We're also going to show you, and so people get to know those fighters, and then all those fighters are going to be the main event next time. And then you've got a highlight reel that you can put together for you know advertise your next fights. So mm. it's it's building that off of uh, the event that people want to see, and that's what they missed out on with that potential with the Michael Todd and Levan match. It was like you had the opportunity there to put a fight together or an arm wrestling match together that everybody wanted to see. Mm. So everyone was going to watch that card. So you had the opportunity to put all your other Russian fighters or arm wrestlers on that card and yep. all your America. You could have had a Russia versus USA card. No, would have been you phenomenal. would have had the attention of the arm wrestling world. Absolutely. And mm. then because of... Uh, I can see the reasoning behind... You know, I mean, obviously with the European League, it's like this is our champion, this is our league, you want to come in and be part of it, then you need to work your way to the top and that's the only way forwards for us. Uh, I think that that is archaic kind of thinking. Mm. And well, it's a little bit like making, uh, you know, a heavyweight fighter who's already got four belts come over and, and start from the beginning again in a different federation mm. uh, just because that's that federation's rules. Essentially, it's exactly what it is. That's, that's exactly Rather right. than saying, oh, well, I'm the heavyweight champion here, you're the heavyweight champion there, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Um, which is a, it's a little bit sad. But you, it, it, Devin seems to be making uh, a, a habit out of just jumping in at the last minute. <laughs> so uh, I think when we were last recording, we were talking about uh, Eddie and Thor yeah. um, coming together in the ring and uh, what that might look like. Well, uh, it's not happening now, but Devin Larratt has jumped into the brief. And, and so he went through quite the transformation to get into... Uh, shape to take on Michael Todd where he, he, he looked like he put on maybe 30 kilos yeah. in a very, very short period of time. And now all of that weight's coming off as he prepares and builds up his cardio in preparation for Thor in the ring uh, at the end of this month. I think it's this Saturday night. Is it this Saturday yeah. already? Yeah. Wow. I said so it was a Saturday night. Let's get a viewing party. Oh, that's right. It was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. This, yeah. this Saturday. This Saturday at 11 p.m. local time. Is yep. that right? Yeah. yeah 11.30, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Devin Larratt, uh, once again, just uh, last minute jumps in. Uh, again, you know, uh, Thor looks uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks in fantastic shape. Uh, he, he, he almost, uh, it doesn't look like he'd be a, um, a an open competitive bodybuilder these days right. he looks like he, yeah. he he might be in the menswear section <laughs> <laughs> um so he he looks he looks in, in incredible shape and yep. looks like a fighter and uh devon larratt's coming to it with uh a military background mm-hmm. uh it seems he's not had any competitive uh bouts previously mm-hmm. so this is 
once again, one of those crossover events that seems increasingly popular in the world of combat sports, yeah. which seems strange because combat sports are the most dangerous, the highest risk, yeah. greater chance of being injured permanently than in any. And yet uh, there's Devin Larratt thinking, I'll jump in the ring with the strongest man in the world. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Incredible. Sure. No, it says a lot about Devin Larratt, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah what an awesome guy. And mm. if, if you ever watch And him, he's 46 or 47 years old? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, he's got the special forces background. Um, mm. You know, having been in the Canadian military, and you know, I'm not sure how much I physical. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, obviously, crazy physical training. But in terms of um, combat, you know, like boxing, I'm not sure how much of that hand to hand stuff that they would have specifically. It would have been trained. a long time ago, one would imagine. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, when Eddie Hall got injured and stepped out of the card, you've got Devin. That's you know, jumped up, and the and I would say that one of the main reasons for that is there is a viral video of um, uh, Thor and Devin arm wrestling at an event. Yes, um, yeah, a few years ago with Devin, you know, just pinning Thor easily. Yes, uh, even though strongest man in the world and humongous at, at the that time. time. Yeah, yeah, and Devin easily winning, and again that just shows that the techniques of arm wrestling. Uh, you know, preventing somebody that's stronger being able to access their strength. Because mm. um, obviously Thor, you know, he's probably ten times stronger than yeah. Devin is. Uh, and, and it was a different Thor then too. Yeah. I mean, Thor, Thor uh, it wasn't long after he'd uh, done 500 kilo uh, bench press. Uh, yeah. uh, um, bench press. Yeah, that would be good. That would be With one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Just a warm-up. Uh, right. uh, but uh, deadlift and uh, it wasn't long thereafter. So that was still uber... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uber Thor, yeah, and then yeah. uh, and and I would say Devon was well, just skinny old Devon at that point. He, right. he didn't didn't seem to be. Uh, he'd look like a normal guy if you bumped yeah. into a street. If normal people were normally six foot five, of course. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but going into this fight, so yeah, uh, Eddie Hall injured last minute. Devon Larratt, okay, I'll jump in, and everyone's like, okay, well. Do you know how to box? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, you got two names mm. and an interest. And yeah, they've built a storyline, and doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, throw them in. Let's see. It. I'll watch it. Yeah, and I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, isn't it interesting? Like, it's just a matter of profile. It's a. It, uh, there was a, uh, recently uh, a movie that uh, was cast, and, and a lot of the casting decisions were were made on the uh, the followings mm. of of those respective people that were going for those roles. Yeah. And, you know, there's no doubt that if you got three million people that follow you on Instagram, that you're there's some degree of bankability there. Yeah. So if you're going to be an investor uh, or you're a producer of a movie, well, you want some kind of a surety that I'm not going to put up five no-name people mm-hmm. if it's not going to cost me any more to attract some people that have already got an audience of people that love them. And I guess that's where... Devin Larratt's work over the last few years in developing that audience that he's developed his storyline there's there's a uh, amongst his community mm-hmm. and uh, and has some really devout and passionate fans mm-hmm. that just want to see him do anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be arm wrestling. Yeah. And, and to see him kind of stray into these areas is uh, is something that his fan base is super excited about. Yeah. And I think Thor's fan base would just want to see a fight yes, and right. they don't even know who Devin Larratt is. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're just happy that there's going to be somebody else in there because yeah. they, they're just interested in seeing how Thor goes in the ring. Uh, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I I, I see there's um for these style, this style of event is really fun mm. um but isn't it interesting to contrast that with what we what we saw with Evander Holyfield and Vita Belford mm-hmm. not so fun 
No, you no, know that's right. It, yeah, well, it'll see. We'll see how fun it is after the event, yeah. whether or not <laughs> Devin walks straight into one of those punches and gets knocked out, which yep. I think is what's going to happen. Do you think? Okay, so this is your bold this prediction. Is my prediction. Yeah, first round, forty seconds in knockout. Forty seconds yeah, in. From looking at the sparring footage of Devin, uh, he is, has this habit. He, I don't know why anyone hasn't corrected this, but he's holding his hands up and walking into punches, mm. and it's like. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing that? You know, I mean, sure, if you're trying to crowd somebody, or, uh, but he's not. He's not throwing anything back, and and I don't know. Maybe in that in that three minutes that I've seen of his training, it, he would have been knocked out like six times. I think against <laughs> anybody that was actually trying to punch him. Um, and there's not a lot of snap that can happen when your arm doesn't straighten either. That's right. So uh, Devin is uh, unfortunately somewhat handicapped <laughs> by his, his ability to not, <laughs> not be able to straighten his arms due to arm wrestling for That's all right. those years. He's basically his arms are like this. Yeah, he walks. He looks like a T Rex. It does. He looks <laughs> sort of like a, a you know like a gorilla going along the street. <laughs> if you had a silhouette and you just saw a shadow go past, you'd be like, is that a gorilla? Is that a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> his wrists are in. No, it's Levin. No, it's Levin. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the next arm wrestling match that should have happened was Levin and Devin. Mm. Levin and Devin. Um, <laughs> and th- that didn't happen. They, you know, the Europeans have their own thing happening, the top eight thing, and one of the Americans, Dave Chafee, mm. uh, they ended up having a match together, and Levin obviously won that 6-0 yeah. domination. Um and, you know, th- th- for, th- for the Europeans, it was like, aha, we told you our guy was the best, you know, but it was Dave Chafee wasn't at the highest level in the American League. He's definitely mm. one of th- one of the best, yeah. but he is not the current champion. He no. is not at the absolute pinnacle, which is what Levan is. And yeah. so he was sort of expected to lose, but, you know, mm. everyone was sort of, I think if anyone wasn't a fan of the European League, they were going, please, Dave, you know, <laughs> get, just win, you know. But uh, domination, I mean, Levani's obviously fantastic and, and it would still be an interesting match to see him versus mm. Devin versus Michael Todd to yep. see if Michael could get his King's Move style working. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the boxing match, so you've got Thor and Devin, my prediction, is is Thor by a landslide? I wow. think I'm okay. going to put some big money on Thor. Wow! And uh, I think that when you next week when we do our okay. episode, we'll I'll either be eating my shirt or <laughs> we'll be sitting back with a uh, sparkly gold necklace and did <laughs> <laughs> you windfall? That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, if you if you walk in here balling, we know what we, we know what happened. Yeah, you'll so see me with a hat right down. <laughs> 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 but but yes, uh, watching that footage and seeing, I mean, oh god, I don't know. Mm. It's going to be fun. Yeah, the fanfare will be fun. Yeah, the spectacle. I yeah, I don't know how much fun it will be if he gets obliterated. Yeah, and they'll go, why did you let him get in there? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see the extent that Thor. Uh, uh, this is pure entertainment, essentially. Mm. I mean, there's no reputation on the right. line. No one's got a legacy to worry about. Neither men have fought in the in in the ring. For uh, with any type of vigor um, previously, so it's all just it, it seems like a fun fun time. Yeah, yeah. So I just wonder if Thor will feel that he is uh, in a good place and uh, and just plays it out for entertainment, perhaps. Goes mm. a little bit light on on mm. Devin. I don't think he will. Uh, you don't think he will. You think <laughs> he'd take the chance to get a, get a good win under the lights? And yeah, d- yeah. I think Thor's that kind of guy where yeah. he's like, 
any challenge, he wants to dominate it. He yeah. wants to destroy it and he wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, his previous bouts were largely unimpressive. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess he's got a, a point to prove there. And especially because uh, Eddie looked really good on the bags. He's a strong, he, he's got a lot of snap there and he's strong and he moves well. And yeah. he's definitely got a, a fighter's background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's really, it'd be. Interesting to see whether this is a stepping stone for Thor or whether this is the last time you ever see him in the ring. It, well, yeah, if he loses, that'll be it. I mean, the, he he can't make the Eddie Hall match up after. No. So no. Eddie's probably sitting there going, please, Thor, win. Yeah. Even though he probably doesn't like It's a big like payday on much. the end for both of yeah. those guys, isn't <laughs> that's right. it? That's, it a, that's a huge one. It would destroy the match. If Devin <laughs> comes in and wins, it's like, okay, Eddie, I guess you're going against Devin now. Yeah, and then it's Devin Levan in the ring. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. how we sort that that's one out. Like, De- sorry, Devin, you're now a boxer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, the, uh, the greatest arm wrestler of all time before we get off of arm wrestling, uh, just uh, jump back on the tables. Uh, um, not a lot of training, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, just um, very minimal um uh, preparation and found himself on the tables with Chance Shaw, yep. who's a great young up and coming super heavyweight mm-hmm. uh, in America. He's uh, ranked in the top ten um, and a very impressive young man. And uh, got uh, well, got taught yeah. a lesson. Yeah, that's by right. a sixty-year-old man. That's right. The yeah. greatest of all time. Exactly. Yeah. There's not too many combat sports where the greatest of all time can come back at yeah. sixty, as we learned with Vander Holyfield, exactly. and uh, and essentially. Be very authoritative on on the table. Mm. Um, so yes, John, John Brzezink is is who you're referencing. Who did I? What did I call you? Him? Didn't say his name at all. Oh, did I not? <laughs> uh, it, he he. You, who's, you were talking he, about this name? mystical figure, this mystical the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time, the perfect storm, <laughs> the guy whose name I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's got skin and wears clothes, breathes he's, air. He's been known. Yeah. He's been known. <laughs> he's been known to do those things. <laughs> yeah, so coming back, um, John Brzezink, greatest arm wrestler at, uh, of all time, uh, although he hates to be called that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you know, if anyone introduces him as that, and he walks out and loses. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you're the greatest, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe you need to change your name. Yeah. No, but... Um, Yes, uh, dominated for, pff, I think, 25 years. Mm. He was unbeaten or something. Yeah. Um, and had retired maybe the last five years and mm. dabbled in a little bit, you know, see some training footage or somebody that had a bit of um, celebrity status might come and uh, you know, some arm wrestlers would, would do a little bit of training with him or he'd be at an event or something like that. So sort of still in the realm, but mm. uh, recently was like, okay, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to get back in. And he went and did a tournament. Dominated the tournament, won first place easily, uh, and then had a super match with, yeah, as you said, one of the up-and-comers, um, Chance Shaw, and dominated that match as well. So yeah. there are some interesting matches for John, and I don't see him going through uh, at that same absolute highest level mm. um, and, you know, beating the, the current world champions and that sort of thing. Yeah. But like with the other uh, events we were just talking about, there are a lot of fun mm. matches to see yeah. and a lot of uh, potentials where it's like you've got somebody who is a young up-and-comer. It's like, well, let's see how John goes against them or you know, here's a another guy of that similar era that has a name that John could go against. And, you know, people will watch John arm wrestle no matter who Yeah, he is. exactly right. John arm yep. wrestle uh, his nana and I would watch it. You know yes, know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that, that ability to have that built-in audience and then put him on anywhere mm. uh, you know and people will watch um has a lot of value to 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 setting up an event yeah yeah well i think john brzee would be the least commercial 
greatest of all time athlete of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in that uh, he's, uh, you know, a, a lot of people outside of sport would have no idea who he is, mm-hmm. but uh, even uh, within the sport, he's really low key. You yeah. know, he's, he doesn't have a YouTube channel or, or he might, might have just started a YouTube just channel just well, recently. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he, he's not crying out for attention. He's not, he's just so under the radar. Mm. Um, you know, with, and, and, the man with the greatest legacy um, and with the most to probably share in the sport. Mm. Um, so it's, it's interesting to now see that maybe um, in a social media sense, the, the giant has been awoken and yeah. we, we might see a lot more uh, from, from John, but also how good would that be for, uh, for arm wrestling? Yeah, you know, for sure. I think that that's a, that's a wonderful thing that yeah. more people see more of him. That's right. Well, it's the same with uh, Ryan Bowen, um, one of the biggest, uh, was one of the best arm wrestlers in the country. There yep. oh, there he is. And he was on our podcast uh, episode doesn't say seven, I think. Seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was talking about because he does a, a podcast with John, and obviously John Brzezink is everybody's hero in in the arm wrestling world. Uh, and Ryan wants to give back. He he recognizes that John has been the absolute champion for for so long, but mm. because arm wrestling is still underground mm-hmm. um the, the money side of it isn't there yet uh, yep. i think i believe that in the next five to ten years that it will start really starting to rise and people are making full-time careers from it and yep. potential big paydays and that sort of thing but john missed out on that time yeah even though he was so dominant so ryan uh wanting to allow anything that he makes or does uh, and and supporting john to get him to that level where he can mm. start... Uh, where he can earn a living out of the sport that he's given so much that's to. That's right, exactly. Mm. And and to benefit him in any way, which you know, is, is awesome of Ryan exactly. and great for John as well because you know, the world loves him and wants to see him do well continually. Yep. And anybody who watches arm wrestling or has, has seen any any sort of arm wrestling will discover John Brzezink in there somewhere yep. and go, okay, well, this guy, or this guy, this guy, and it leads you to John Brzezink. All roads lead to John Brzezink, yeah. He beats everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to see him be able to, to sort of not cash in, but to get a reward for that, yeah. even if it's now after the fact. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's an opportunity. The sport has grown, but we still want you to get be part of it and we want you to benefit from that growth yeah yeah and and locally uh in arm wrestling before we get off topic uh that man right there against lachlan adair uh coming up to essentially determine who the number one is in in australia now uh and um yeah that's going to be a super super interesting one but also i mean these guys are are best friends yeah Uh, i think lachlan was recently best man at uh, no ryan's wedding or vice versa or both yeah yeah so uh these guys are best mates uh but they're meeting across the table to determine who is going to be number one Mm -hmm. and uh you know i feel for lachlan lachlan uh flew all the way to perth to take on the number one at the time Mm -hmm. uh Milkman, uh, yeah, Ryan Scott, yeah. Ryan Scott, and uh, and and because of COVID, yeah. uh, you know, was put back on a plane, sent back home, yep. and uh, Ryan, who just happened to get there within the specific window, mm-hmm. stepped in his place, took out the number one positioning, and quite a, well, completely unprepared, but nonetheless, in, in quite a, uh, 
a dominating uh, a way, mm. and then uh, and people had just been watching Ryan and Lachlan on the practice table, seeing how much stronger Lachlan was at the time. Yeah, but we saw a bit of a form reversal just recently, as uh, Ryan had been uh, preparing for a bout in New Zealand mm. against a super heavyweight who'd be fifty or sixty kilos. Yeah. Heavier than him, uh, just a beast of a man. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ryan was uh, has been in preparation uh, mm-hmm. for for that, and in training with Lachlan, seemed to have it on Lachlan, which uh, surprised a lot of people. Yeah, uh, in the world of YouTube, um, and so we're going to find out once and for all who's the number one uh, in the country. Any predictions around that? Ooh, um, I'm picking Ryan. You're picking Ryan. I'm You're going to go Ryan. Ryan. And and my reasoning, uh, I think. Does he still sponsor your YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Ryan. Because <laughs> he's sponsoring my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, Don't no. forget to go to Pound for Pound. Yeah, for Pound for Pound, uh, <laughs> for all your arm wrestling needs. No, <laughs> uh, no so um, Lachlan is a very strong guy. Mm. And he has, if you ever watch his, his videos, he's deadlifting 300 plus kilos. He's super strong. Uh, bench pressing, you know, your traditional powerlifting. He's a strong guy on the arm wrestling table. He uses that strength, uh, and it, you know, his technique is not at the same level. I would say fairly um, as what Ryan's is, but his strength is allows him to to win uh, the majority of his matches based off of that. But He's in the last year, especially. I see his technique has improved significantly, and that's probably through the, all the table time he has had with mm, Ryan. With Ryan, yeah. But it might be to his detriment in this match because Ryan knows his ins and outs. <laughs> the person who taught you how to do everything is the yeah. one you're going against. Um, I wonder what he didn't tell him. Yeah, that's exactly mm. right. And in arm wrestling, there is so much based around that that setup of yep. where your hands are, your wrist positioning and your knowledge of your opponent and what their strengths are, where to avoid allowing them to go, where you can feel it when your hands are being put together before the referee says go. Mm. You get a lot of information as to what they're trying to do. And it's like, if you know this person's game inside out, yep. it's like, oh, he's trying to do this move. Well, I need to do this to avoid that, you know? Mm. So, um, I think that so. How, how much heavier does Lachlan have to be <sighs> to beat Ryan? Because uh, I think uh, there's about ten kilos or so difference between them at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if weight is the factor. Mm. I don't think it is. I think he could be forty kilos heavier and right. it wouldn't wouldn't change anything. Okay, I, th- I think it's because it, it seemed on the table previously when there was a gap of about fifteen or so kilos, Lachlan seemed to be able to dominate him physically. It didn't matter the technique so much. Mm. There was a there was enough there. That yeah. Lachlan was able to power through. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think in recent training videos, Ryan has closed that gap. And, yeah. it, you know, you're seeing a lot of back and forth where it was previous to that, uh, maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, when Ryan was down here for the Apex Festival. Mm. He said, you know, there's nothing I can do against Lachlan. I can't <laughs> move him here. I can't move him there. But he's obviously upped his game mm. as well in terms of the strength side. So yeah, it's interesting technique versus strength. You know, and, and when somebody does have enough strength to keep that technique from being the factor, then they can win. You can blow through somebody's um, you know, superior technique. Mm. But if you if you have a, a strength level that allows you to get the technique that you need, then you know that's where you'll get through. But I, I do think it will be close. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many rounds they're doing, but if it, let's say there's six rounds, um, or sorry, if, uh, yeah, well they'll probably pull six rounds regardless. 
uh, I, I think Ryan will probably win five. Mm. So mm. Yeah, I, I think that Lachlan strength might get him through either right at the start or maybe in the first or the second round. But I think the technique uh, that Ryan Bowen and the setup knowledge that he has mm. will probably get him the victory. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. Lots to look forward to. Uh, you're betting on that one because uh, <sighs> that one's on uh, State Kings? State Kings. State Kings. Uh, right. do, do you understand much about that? Do you I've, know how that I've, works? Yeah, it's, it's okay. strange. Uh, maybe you can explain sure. that. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a betting website and you've got your two opponents, then you can put a bet on one or the other. But the way that they've set it up is, uh, I think it, they've done this, it's, it's like with a traditional betting website you know anybody can jump on and make a bet mm. with this one they have like a set amount of money that can be put on somebody and they call it like a block or something and it's right. like you know this block is open and you can bet while it's open um, once it hits a certain money point and it's probably because the owners of Stake King don't want to be in a position where they <laughs> lose a lot of money <laughs> yeah. um, so let's say it's a thousand dollars that could be bet on as a maximum block and it's like okay if you want to get in on the action and you want to bet 50 bucks then you're able to do that in that block window yeah once the amount of money has been reached the thousand dollars people have put a thousand dollars that block is ended yeah so whether or not they decide okay well we can put another block out and we'll set a different rate yeah um that's what they'll do so mm. yeah it, so you might jump on there and find that the block is open and you can put your bet on yeah but you might not be able to bet the amount you want but no. um, uh, it might be closed on one opponent and open on the other. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting way to do it. Mm. But I would say that's that's the reason they've set it up that way. So they're reducing their their risk as oh, somebody put ten million dollars on this. We <laughs> <laughs> don't have that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, reducing their exposure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's sensible and uh, and bringing money into the sport as well. Mm. You know, and and just a, another element to it that's just a it adds to the fun factor somewhat too. Yeah, it's it, good. You've put 20 bucks on something and yeah, you're, you're so much more invested yeah, in it. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. weird. Even if it's, you know, ten, $5, you $10, you're like, sometimes I'll, there'll be a UFC fight on and I've never seen either of the guys before and I'm like, hmm. five bucks on it. Yeah. And then you're going for that. Yeah, you go, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're my guy. Yeah, come on, grab the money going. <laughs> I'm going to win $2.60 if you win. <laughs> Well, there's uh, so we've got um, two big uh, promotions going on, and I know how hard it is for local promotions to get any event up and running right now. It's it's so difficult in this COVID era of restrictions and lockdowns, and uh, not just hard to put on an event and get people into a room, but uh, hard for the fighters um, to prepare and for those fighters that have been in lockdown in New South Wales and Victoria that know exactly what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. you know, and our thoughts are definitely with you. These are these are very very difficult times, especially for those athletes that feel they might be peaking or working towards the peak of their career mm-hmm. to have in some cases uh, you know a year or two basically taken away from them um, yeah it, it's, it's really yeah it's really tough so uh, but uh, two local fight promotions are wading through the the, the COVID mire right now mm-hmm. and uh, DFC's Diamondback Fighting Championships event um, we were talking about that when we were last on air and it's been postponed uh, on several occasions now but October mm-hmm. end of October looks like a thing so yeah. fingers and toes crossed for that mm-hmm. um, and uh, we've got Pride Fight 
Championship, uh, Fight Series, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, taking place uh, October long weekend yeah. uh, here in Adelaide as well. A huge card, oh, a lot of local talent. <laughs> like you've said, because um, one of, uh, so Carla Gangel is, is running the event, putting it together. One of her um, trainers comes through, trains at my gym, and every time I come th- she comes in in the morning, I'm yep. like, you got 19 fights happening on that card? 19 fights. 19. I'm like, what time is it starting? She's like, 5 o'clock. I'm like, it's going to end. 5 o'clock like, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to end at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's like telethon, but for with, <laughs> with kicks and punches. That's right. Exactly. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Less fat cat. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a yeah, so huge event. Um, and, uh, and, and and just in congratulations to Carly uh, in particular for being so persistent. Um, there's not a lot of money involved in the in running these uh, types of promotions and and to keep going against the inertia of restrictions and SA health mandates and supporting the athletes as well. It, um, you know, my, my hat's off to you, Carly. Well yep. done. Um, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. So uh, we'll be down there on the October long weekend yeah. uh, supporting the event. So uh, And uh, you should do the same. If you haven't already got your tickets, head over to pridefightseries.com.au and uh, secure your tickets now. There's still a, a few left, but, of course, uh, uh, all access is restricted thanks to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you get a, a good ticket yeah. uh, now. It's uh, 999 tickets available maximum and... Um, from what the trainer was telling me, that, that they have all the people who previously bought their tickets uh, for the event that's been postponed. Yep, no one's returned. So, oh, excellent! That's everyone a really wants supportive to see community. this, and no one's like, okay, we'll give my ticket back. So there might be limited supply. So if you're interested, it's Muay Thai. Uh, so 19 fights, yep. uh, a lot of local fighters, um, but there is a, a significant amount of interstate fighters coming along titles fights on the line a lot of girls fighting as well i think there's four girls fights on there awesome. uh, so it should be a big event 19 if you're if you're interested in my if you've tie, been missing out uh, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. need your feel of live Ooh. fight uh, um uh, action then yeah. this is a, a must must see event yeah so you should run like three fights at the same time in the same room in the same <laughs> <laughs> Is that the team MMA? I think that's a yeah. Russian concept. That yeah. one, that's yeah, right. it's, like <laughs> it's always Russian. <laughs> it's for slap fighting. <laughs> so if you haven't already got your tickets, make your way straight over to the website now. Pridefightseries.com.au. Get your tickets now. Support local combat sports, and uh, and for now, I think that's it from us. So uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for waiting as we got this beautiful studio all built out. Thanks to Roman for his persistence on the technology side of things over uh, the well over the last few days but he's been here since 9 30 this morning getting this all set up so that we look as good as what we do so if we don't look that good it's roman's <laughs> fault uh and uh and, and matt a pleasure to have you back mate thank I'll you very try, much you got both there of go. them out there there we go that's what that's what they all came to see that's right uh izzy um well izzy's on a secret mission right now that yeah. we can't really talk much about so uh we're going to leave it there before we do say too much yeah. <laughs> about something we don't know about she's gone dark uh, she's gone dark gone so that's that's all you need to know for now. Uh, but she will be back and uh, looking forward to uh, having Izzy uh, back here in the studio sometime soon. So, uh, and to everybody who's been tuning in, thank you so much. And we'll look forward to bringing you a whole lot more Daily Combat Sport podcast very, very soon. Thanks, guys.
Well, welcome to a new series of the Daily Combat Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge, and joining me is my co-host, Matthew Hollywood Connolly. That's right. The bicep has gone the, up. The bicep is up. Just the one today. I did. I've got a microphone in the way of the other one. <laughs> I carefully a... did consider that, but I thought that five seconds into the new episode, he didn't want a microphone. <laughs> it could have been too much. It could have been too much <laughs> for the, couldn't handle for the, the audience. Bicep. They've been waiting for weeks, and right. yeah, to only get the one by might have been disappointing <sighs> for some. So uh, we do apologise uh, straight from the outset. It's not good to start a new series with an apology, but nonetheless, we know what the double buy expectations are That's of, right. of our demographic. 200% more bicep next week <laughs> so it's been it's been uh well it's been a big last month or so in the world of combat sports um jake paul's still around he is indeed uh, so and and uh dana white's talking about him a lot he is uh, yeah wow geez uh, i bet dana's sort of eating his words at the moment because you know he was expecting uh ben askren to, to take him out and mm. of course ben askren came in with the dad bod that didn't do any training <laughs> had a broken hip <laughs> Got knocked out in about well, three uh, seconds. Yeah, it? it was like a first minute or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit I embarrassing. I think I literally could have done better. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's good. All he had to do was move, really. <laughs> he didn't move. It was a heavy bag with eyeballs. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so uh, Ben Askren come and gone, uh, and uh, we've. Um, and, and in his midst, um, uh, with, there is now talk of Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. So it was um, Tyron Woodley had a match mm, as well. Yeah. And uh, although I, I've looked everywhere for it, I don't know what Triller's media <laughs> play is, but unless you actually bought the pay-per-view, it's freaking hard to find any sort of replays. I've, I was looked for maybe two or three days mm. of, like, the you know, the following the event. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, I want to see the highlights. I want to see, like, you can't see it from this part of the world. You can't see this. You can't, And I'm like... I just want to see the thing. This is the problem, Dave. It's, <laughs> it's talking about distribution and getting your event in front of as many people as you want. And yeah. Unless you're actually sitting there willing to pay 50 bucks to see the actual fire. And mm. It's like, well, I want to know what happened. It's finished. It, well, it's, it's a really intriguing thing. And I think that uh, when it comes to televised combat sports, full stop, we're, we're really in this um, middle space at the moment where there are going to be uh, those that uh, hook themselves straight up to this pay-per-view uh, model, mm -hmm. and that's definitely the direction that Triller's gone. Um, and then you've got uh, UFC that are um, uh, have got a very fine balancing act between providing loads of really good quality free content mm -hmm. uh, and, and a lot of hype videos and a lot of build-up, uh, and then just constricting... You know the main events essentially. Right. So, which seems to, I mean, seems to work really well for the growth of the sport. I don't know if Triller's really interested in the growth of the sport, though. No. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really appear to me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're seemingly interested in people in the last five minutes of their career for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I will say, Anderson Silva looked fantastic in the ring, didn't he? Yeah. It, well, Tito Ortiz is my favourite fighter, so it uh, didn't, didn't look too fantastic to me. <laughs> <laughs> it looked fantastic to the point where Tito got hit with that left, um, and then they went click and turned it off. <laughs> He was looking busy. He was there, you know. He, he, yeah. was, he was getting in there. He got got some accommodations. Nothing really seemed to land. Uh, yeah. But uh, Anderson Silva moved really well, and uh, yeah. you know, he just uh, bobbled his head around, and uh, it was a quick, quick right, was it? And uh, it was all over. Yes, horrible, horrible, horrible to watch. Oh man, it is. I mean, how yeah. many more times is T Tour Tears yeah. going to find himself in a ring or an octagon or a bare knuckle? Where, where, where to next for T Tour Tears? Well, if you're in his corner right now, what oh, would you be suggesting? Yeah, I think he's retired about seven times. Yep. Um, <laughs> he had his whole career was through the UFC, so he started in UFC and mm. finished his career there. Well, finished yeah. <laughs> his first finish. His first 
first retirement was from the UFC. The first of the eighth retirement. That's right. Retirements, yeah. um, he went to Bellator. He fought Chael Sonnen. He had some fights there as well. Uh, and a couple of small organisations he sort of bounced around a little bit. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's a big name. He's, he's always going to have that attraction, the, the fan base that, you know, any at any point in time, he says, hey, I'm fighting. There will be people that are paying to see him. Sort of like... Bob Sapp. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. Everybody wants around. to see the train wreck. You that's know, they right. want to see what happens. That's yeah. right. And although in the last probably five fights, he, he, he has looked quite good. You know, he still looked competitive. I mean, the people mm. that he was in great in, shape. Yeah, he's still training hard, still looking good. Uh, I think he's late forties now, mm. but yeah, still owns a gym and and trains all the time. But uh, first time he's actually been knocked out was mm. with this Anderson Silver fight, like knocked out cold and he was face down and unfortunately people keep sending me it's that a lot of memes oh man <laughs> my inbox is filled because everyone knows but he you know that's my favorite guy yeah. and there's a photo of, of all the people oh, tito's your guy as well yeah, I mean. of course of course <laughs> oh man and um the, the photo was him like face <laughs> face down with a smile <laughs> <laughs> and it's obviously he's not smiling, <laughs> but he's unconscious. It's but his face it, it just twitched like that for half a, a millisecond, enough. and that's the one they're like, "Yes, <laughs> grab that screen grab." He's smiling while he's asleep, and then of course they, "Oh, he took a dive," and there he is smiling about his payday. It's like, no, he's not. And thank you for sending me that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a tragedy, though, that uh, somebody who's had an illustrious career such as Tito's and, and, it, and has really done a lot for the growth of combat sports as well, it, hanging on to his career perhaps a, a few years too long, finds yeah. himself now, you know, a meme, essentially. <laughs> and how do you come back from that? Like, what, yeah. what you know, uh, honestly, like what, what sponsors are interested, who's going to watch next time? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. What 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 does come next in, in from a, for a fighter in that position now? It's and, difficult. And then it answers the question as well: What would happen if Mike Tyson jumps in the ring oh. and something similar? Yes, happens. That's a good point. That's mm. a very good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Evander Holyfield will ever go again, and he probably shouldn't have. He looked great though. He did look good physically. He looked physically great. good. Yeah, very slow and lum- lumbery. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you think. Who's holding the commission accountable for mm. allowing these fighters to come back and, and get into an event, a main event against somebody that, you know, I guess you could argue, argue the point with, with Tito and Anderson Silva, similar ages, both mm. had illustrious careers in the same sport. And it's like, okay, you're taking away the other elements of wrestling and Muay Thai and kickboxing, um, and they're just doing the boxing part of it. Mm. But, you know, when you've got Evander who... How old is Evander? 60? 50, 58, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, who's he fighting... Um, and it's sort of, you, you go, man, he hasn't fought for so long. And mm. it's like, yeah, you're physically in good condition, but um, when he gets knocked out that in that way and that quickly, yeah. it's like, who, who let this happen, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, who's, who's providing the advice? Who's in the corner? And, mm. and, and and is it because there is just so much money thrown that they just figure, ah, my legacy or pot full of, you know we, we could do with the new swimming pool and you know uh, so yeah it is hard because you're also talking th- these are prize fights now they, mm. they, they, this isn't uh, no one no one's fighting for a status or a championship belt or yeah. an opportunity or to be the number one contender now it's just like hey yeah this might be the last chance i've got to cash in on whatever it is that my brand's got yeah. um but is it you know, uh, yeah. is, is, it, is it a little bit uh, narrow to be thinking of uh, combat sports athletes as simply 
those people in the ring mm. or you know can people do things outside of the ring you know can they can they take their brand out of the ring out of the cage and and be commercially viable and and culturally relevant mm. uh, in the way that maybe Mike Tyson is being yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost um, strange that he did get back in the ring because I guess he probably had that pressure. Everyone always asking him, "Oh, so mm. will you ever get back in?" And you know, I think for the last twenty or maybe even thirty years, he's been like, "No, I'm not interested in, in doing it at all." And then yeah. all of a sudden, I guess something clicked or something, an opportunity presented itself where it was like. Um, you know, this is a payday or this is a big enough event or something that was inspiring enough for him to say, yeah, actually, I want to get back into it. Or maybe he just step back into the gym and just found the excitement or joy of, of boxing again and getting in shape. And then it was like, hey, you're, you're back in training. You're enjoying it. Do you want to have a fight? Let's work you towards something. Mm. Um, as opposed to, um, you know, well, he, I don't know how he is with his money. <laughs> I think he's always had ups and downs with it. But, you know, to say, uh, let's go and find as many retired fighters as we can that have a name and just offer some money and see if they'll get in the ring. Yeah. Uh, I was it, 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 do you think in some part it was because the card got switched up right at the end or maybe he was preparing for an Oscar De La Hoya mm. type opponent? Because Vita Belfort, he's... He's a dangerous man. He he's, he's still <laughs> young as well. I mean, he's well, forty six. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared yeah. to, to um, fifty eight, yes, exactly. twelve years is a long time at, that, right. at the tail end. Yeah. There's no doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he looked like he was, you know, physically uh, very very capable. <laughs> there might be a reason for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember a TRT Vitor from the, the UFC days. Yeah, yeah, optimal, uh, like Uberim. Uh, but, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Uberim, yeah, wow, that was a big change. Uh, well, it, it's, and what a change for him as well. Like, he mm. went from being um, uh, undefeatable, almost like Demolition insurmountable, man. to a different a different beast. That's right, it's yeah. strange. I mean, that heavyweight division, you know, with, with the ability to get knocked out in one punch, uh, it's by anybody in that, I mean, so much power. Yeah, uh, and you're seeing, uh, as I've said a couple of times, I mm. think if it doesn't end in the first round, it's going to a decision. Because yes, <laughs> it is like that is the moment where both of the both of the heavyweights have that that level of knockout power, but it, it dissipates really quickly, uh, especially if it's a grappling heavy match and it's sort of you know they're both leaning on each other or or you know using that energy to defend with wrestling as opposed to throwing punches, but. Uh, it is interesting seeing Alistair Overeem's style change uh, from when he was in the Pride um, and and you know doing Muay Thai kickboxing, very mm. aggressive, uh, very shelled, which might have more to do with the size of the gloves that he was wearing, but yep. uh, a lot more aggressive, a lot more chasing, um, cornering opponents and and using his power to knock them out. Big yep. knees, the Uber knee, you know, the uh, Overeem sort of thing. Uh, the big kabush, as, as Michael Chevello <laughs> likes to call it, the goodnight Irene move. <laughs> but uh, when he went into the UFC, obviously came in as Demolition Man, obviously on some uh, special vitamins, vitamins. Special uh, vitamins. vitamin S, uh, mm. maybe. <laughs> uh, and then when they imp implemented the USADA drug testing protocols and you know, they were really cracking down on it, uh, and he did get busted for, um, I think it was elevated levels of testosterone. They didn't actually catch um, like a substance, but his levels, I think there's in men it's supposed to be uh, like your range for tests is, is like supposed to be from one to six. At, and six is like extremely maximum. like Very, very you know, manly. Yeah, that's yes. right. And most of the high level athletes are sitting around four. Mm. And uh, Uber Eames was at 40. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> just amazing. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. I don't know, he he blamed, uh, I think, eating a steak that had. <laughs> what, had what had the cow been eating? Like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he found the only cow on the human growth hormone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Riddled with the uh, with the testosterone that cow was. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously got caught. Uh, had uh, <laughs> elevated <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so. But then he uh, he got suspended, uh, mm. and then obviously <laughs> when he came back, it was such a physical very difference. depleted. Oh, it's <laughs> insane. It was like yeah. there's there's comparison photos, you know, um, pre pre forty, <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever he managed to sneak around to get to uh, when he came back, you know, to avoid those levels because <laughs> he would have had to still been on something. I mean, even therapeutically, if you've gone that high, you you can <laughs> if you're not artificially going on a uh, you're going to be way down, even yeah. at one, maybe less than one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he's on TRT, I don't know. But yeah. Um, but yeah, when you look at those two comparison photos and it's like you know, Mr. Olympia on one side yeah. <laughs> and then half of that and yeah. like a melted version, you know, yeah. just everything smaller. But in terms of his fighting style... Like, like a birthday uh, balloon <laughs> that's just been out for like maybe like eight or nine days. Is this <laughs> I've just got an image of um, it was like a 40 degree day this is completely unrelated <laughs> but I just popped into my head um, it was like a 40 degree day it was like 4 in the afternoon it had been 40 all day it was really hot I went to my car <laughs> that had been sitting in the sun all day and I opened the boot and a fly like flew out but it flew out like like oh. <laughs> it wasn't like freedom it was like oh, like, oh no. <laughs> That's post vitamin S. Uberim. That was Uberim. After Usada. Post Usada. It really, it's like two different athletes, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's um, and we, we, when when you um, when, when is there room? Is there room? Because we, I, I think. We have kind of we've gone from like prize fighting, say pre-war prize fighting, to where most professional fighters uh, would not have been MMA or martial arts based. They would have been they, they, it would have been boxing based. Mm -hmm. So a prize fight, you know, you challenge whoever. It, it didn't really. So you, you had that as part of the the fighting culture, no doubt. Post-war, you've got a lot more regulation. You've mm -hmm. got um, all of the associations. You, you've got uh, every, everybody's going. So the, the sport becomes somewhat legitimised. Mm -hmm. And now we're kind of going back where we're letting almost 60-year-old men fight against world-class athletes. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're, we're letting YouTube stars with no, no prior uh, history in the sport mm -hmm. kind of come in at the top end of the sport uh, where the risks are, are at their greatest. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily competing against the best in the sport now, mm -hmm. but competing against, you know, World class athletes in their own in their own right and in their own time. Um, is there is there an appetite for just juicing these guys up and mm -hmm. Ubering, you know, uh, up against um, Brock Lesnar, mm -hmm. uh, juiced up to the gills, yeah. chuck them into a ring at 
300 pounds and just see what happens? Yeah. Is, is that is that where is that the future or prize fighting? I, I don't think it'll be the future. I think that it will it'll be a part of prize yeah. fighting. I think it'll is it part of the future? <laughs> it's in the future. <laughs> it's in the future. It's definitely in the future. Um, I think it's got to go hand in hand. I think you're going to have you're going to have to have your legitimate side of it. Yeah. Um, where you'll have your linear champions that are working towards the the world championship belt, mm. um, and then you're going to have your I guess, for lack of a better description, freak show fights outside of that. Yep. Um, and I love those things. I like, do too. Yeah. That's I, what I'm saying. It's a, it gets us talking. I mean, this is all we're talking yeah, about yeah. so far. That's right. I, I'm not talking about the UFC fight from the weekend where number six in the world fought number seven. I yep. don't even know who they are. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, when you've got a name, you've got, that's why I'm always talking about this. You are. You, you know, you've got to have a <laughs> I've story. I've led you down the branding path, the, the narrative path. So yeah. let's, let's get you to this point and away you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the, people are buying into the story and, and into the name brands and there's a curiosity around those mm. name brands and a, and, and a nostalgia yeah. attached to those, uh, those people mm. uh, that people are vested in at some level uh, that's leading them to spend that, 25 bucks yep. to get the pay-per-view yeah yeah i mean if it's their heroes or their, their idols or their favorite fighter from the last you know 10 or 15 years and it's like just i'd love to see him fight just one more time and mm. it's like well here's your opportunity and it's like maybe i shouldn't have watched it <laughs> <laughs> but you know it is it i think for a fan to accept that they're not going to be they're not the world champion now they're not mm. the the caliber of athlete that they were yeah but they are still the same person going in there and competing mm. and as a fan, if you're able to accept that, you know they're not going to be as fast, they're not going to be as quick, they're not going to be as durable, but it is still that person going in. You're getting to see them compete again. I mean, mm. Mike Tyson uh, stepping in the ring. Yeah, you know, everyone wanted to see it. It's like, yeah, you know, everyone knew he wasn't going to be the same Mike Tyson as when he was like 19, knocking everybody out yeah, in the world. Yeah. But uh, it was still fun. It, it was, was like, this is a fun thing. This is Mike Tyson. He's fighting again. Let's go. Let's watch it. Uh, so if you're able to build those events, and it's like, even if it's like they're not at the premiere of their athletic career, mm. it is still a fun narrative and a character. And it's like, you get to see the legend, you know, and yeah. even if uh, when the actual fight happens, it's not as interesting or it's not as exciting as what it could have been it the whole build up and the surrounding part of the event you know the fun fair uh, the fluff i guess yeah. that's where the excitement comes and it's still a good experience so so w with um you're talking about mike tyson and at hollyfield like that was on the cards mm -hmm. and uh there was even some hype videos out there about it and and some some cool kind of uh, uh or even got somewhat commercialized with some cool ads that mm. some people might have seen online so that probably wouldn't happen now i would anticipate I don't know oh, yeah. if that, that's a fight that people are keen to watch as much now mm -hmm. after what we saw on the weekend as what they might have been two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so who who's actually then next for Mike Tyson? Has he said he wanted to fight again? I think he, if the money was right, he'd be up for it. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like you. If it was a Vander Holyfield, I think he'd be yeah. up for it now. But you know, I think if it was a Vander Holyfield, I think there would have been a match there. It, yeah, would have. I think still people would still actually buy it, want to see it. I think that the, the difference is that the value of the event has diminished significantly after seeing what happened with Evander. Yeah. And it looks good physically, but not good in the actual sport of boxing yep. in terms of the speed. You know, I mean, he was blocked. He blocked those punches that knocked him out. So yeah. um, you'd have to question who's going to sanction this event. And it's like, well, did you not see what happened to him? Like, uh, where is your 
job as a commissioner um, if you're going to put him in and the same thing happens or worse. Mm. It's like, why did you allow this to happen? You, it's your responsibility to, to protect these people from themselves. Um, but I guess, you know, if that did happen and the commission did block it, they would just find somewhere else to do it. I mean, yep. it, you know, the, where there's a will, there's a way. I just think, don't think that the demand is as high. Uh, it's sort of like one loss diminishes your stock so mm. much and yep. if you lose badly... It's sort of like, well, how do you come back? You'd have to win a few fights to get even, even at his yeah. level. It's sort of like, well, you got destroyed. And do you want to fight again against somebody else to try to build your name? You already had that legacy. Yeah, it's it's a hard fight to sell. Yeah, compared to what it would have been. Yeah, yeah. So now there doesn't seem to be an obvious Mike Tyson opponent on the horizon. Mm. It is sort of like dusting off the catalogue and mm. going, eh, is anyone else? Uh, <laughs> who else? Rocky uh, Balboa? Is <laughs> That's right. Rocky That's eight. We, we do love on the Daily Combat uh, podcast, and, and that is a, a, a crossover athlete and an event. Uh, and, uh, and also we love it when somebody just drops out last minute. So we, uh, in the arm wrestling world, right. uh, sit over our break, there, there was a... Well, there, there was some interesting uh, sequence of events that took mm -hmm. place. So uh, for those that uh, haven't been following the arm wrestling world, for instance, um, you had the number one contender, you would say, in the Western world. That would have been Michael Todd mm -hmm. uh, coming up against Levin, mm -hmm. who uh, is a beast of a man, mm -hmm. um, huge Russian guy. So the And generally regarded as being number one in the world. I think most people shaved, would shaved a, a bear. He's actually that big. <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot either. <laughs> they just put on talks. like a number four. <laughs> he doesn't talk because it's only growled. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he is it 160, oh. 180 kilos? Yeah, he's, 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 he's gigantic. And it, I mean, a, a ridiculous wrist, a yeah. ten inch hand. It's a plank of wood with fingers. With fingers <laughs> attached. Uh, so it, it, now most people, and, and I would say even today, most people would say. He's the number one guy, mm -hmm. but not really tested and certainly not tested. And for those that aren't following it, you've essentially got two big leagues in the world. You've got uh, the Russian-dominated league. You've got the American-dominated league. So you had the best in, of the Russians. Uh, who The Russians are saying he's the number one guy and the number one guy. So it was like the America's Cup mm -hmm. of, of, of arm wrestling. We were going to find out finally who was the number one in the world. Mm -hmm. And then last minute? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped out completely, yeah. and uh, and and politics uh, played a massive role in that. Um, and uh, from the Russian side of things, it, it, it appeared from the outside world in that they were got a little bit gutless in the end, and yeah. didn't just in case their their big guy was going to lose. Mm. And so, who stepped in? And perhaps you want to take it from here. Well, uh, so Devin Larratt and Larry Wheels. Promotions. Uh, incredible. Yeah. So for those who aren't following, Larry Wills has got about a million subscribers on YouTube. One of the biggest influencers in the world is now Dubai-based mm. and uh, off his own bat put together this yeah. uh, this event, which uh, essentially settled who was number one in the Western world. That's right, yeah. Um, so uh, so the, the fight between number one and number two didn't happen. Uh, so we ended up with a fight between number one and number two, maybe, maybe top three in the Western world. And the arm wrestling world was somewhat surprised by the result. Yeah, absolutely. So Devin Larratt is um, you know, former world champion. Uh, he had lost his sort of heavyweight title to Michael Todd, who was you know, the, the other element in that you know, Western side versus the, the Eastern League. So Levan 
I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> From the Sa- European League. So, <laughs> Saganshin Vivili. I don't know. I can't say it. <laughs> That's a good attempt. I'm just going to say Levan. Levan. <laughs> Levan um, and, and Michael Todd were, was the match to make. Absolutely, they needed to do that. That was their opportunity to combine the leagues or have a super match that everybody in the world that follows arm wrestling wanted to see that match. Yep. And the European president... Um, Stopped it from happening. Yeah, no, not going to happen. If you want your American champion to go against our our champion, he has to qualify through the tournaments and through the leagues and do these things to be able to get the opportunity to go against our champion. And it's like it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, you are going to miss the boat because people are ready to see that match right now. Yeah, uh, and that is going to be the one that's going to promote the sport to the new level. Is going to bring uh, audience and eyeballs from all around the world that want to see this thing. And you know, people that are fans of arm wrestling are going to get. Oh, you got to get their mates. You got to see this thing. Oh, this guy, and this American versus the guy. It was the storyline that that would have been you know the blockbuster match. Yeah, uh, they didn't go ahead with that stupidly. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, Larry Wheels, who has been getting into arm wrestling, yeah, yeah, awesome. he's turned into a big fan. Yeah, he, he is an awesome guy. Obviously, one of the strongest guys who's ever lived has yeah. set world records in all sorts of things. Seems to be nothing that he can't be awesome at. <laughs> uh, got into arm wrestling, which is fantastic, and has been uh, really training hard. And he put together a card, a pay per view card, pay per view for arm wrestling, which yeah. is you know incredible, not, not even heard of. I think they've only done that maybe once before. Um, pay-per-view card streamed online easy to access uh, everyone could find it. I think it was five bucks which, yeah. you know it's justifiable yep. um, and put together the event he was on the card as well he went against schoolboy or he probably shouldn't have because schoolboy no. destroyed him yeah. um, but but it was a good matchup and again yeah. got people talking exactly. about that matchup for weeks in the lead up to it exactly mm. and the, the I mean aesthetically you've got Larry Wheels who is enormous um Massive Huge arm, human being, yeah. Massive bodybuilder physique. Mm. And then he was going against Schoolboy, who looks like a schoolboy. Yeah. I mean, he... In as much as a six foot four, 260-pound <laughs> schoolboy can look, yeah, but he right. does. He looks like a baby, doesn't exactly. he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I mean, he obviously trains really hard, but and but he he's not somebody that you would just look at and instantly go, oh, that guy's... You know, he's a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. And so from the aesthetic it's like, oh, the, the bodybuilder guy looks way stronger than He's that like guy. He's like the Hoist Gracie, yeah, essentially, exactly. of, of arm wrestling. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. they had their match and Schoolboy dominated completely. Mm. Um, but Which was like a win for arm wrestling, really, yeah, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, for sure. That's right. It sort of shows that the technique um, will we'll go against the strength. So you can be a lot stronger than your opponent, uh, but if you can't access that strength, then yep. then you'll get dominated. Yep, uh, as I found out every Sunday. But you're getting you're getting there. You're doing good. <laughs> getting there. Yeah. Sounds so patronising. Oh, yeah, yeah, continue. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but on that card, the main event was Devin Larratt, former champion who had lost to Michael Todd, um, the American champion, current heavyweight champion. And so because they couldn't match up the European Levan with Michael Todd, uh, Larry Wills put his card together and put Devin Larratt and Michael Todd together. Probably the second biggest match that could have happened. Yeah. And so Devin... Um, and, and for Devin, it was relatively last minute. Yeah. So there wasn't a huge preparation. Yeah. But he went through quite the uh, physical transformation in the lead up to That's it. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I mean, he documented it 
on YouTube just, you know, every day putting up videos of what he was doing and it was mainly eating. Eating. <laughs> <laughs> so so for, for those that uh, aren't familiar, Devin Larratt's a, a big guy, like he's tall, he's 6'5", thereabouts, so he's got, a, he's got a pretty reasonable frame, but he's not the most muscular guy in the world, is he? Like yeah. he's, he's got long limbs and, uh, and, and even though he's... Uh, like definitely a powerful looking guy. It's more athletic than what you'd say bulky. I yes. think that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Um. And um. Uh, but he came in bulked. Oh yeah. He was huge. Yeah. It, I'm not it, sure how much weight he actually put on, but it was significant. It was two ninety five, I believe, right. on the on the table that wow. night. And uh, Michael Todd, who would traditionally be a lot heavier mm. uh, than um, uh, than Devon, I think was. 270 or 270 yeah. early 270s right. uh, on the table that night so for there was a bit of a reversal there in in, in weight and mm. uh yeah and, and what happened I, I guess nobody really expected no that's right well the last matchup that they had where michael todd ended up with the victory it was very close but it, i think it was spread over five first two it was first to three and I think that Michael won. This is off the top of my head. I think it was three to two or three to three one. It mm. was. It was a really. It was. And the matches were really long. Like mm. they were. The hey, wars. Know, yeah. Oh yeah, big big wars. Uh, with Michael Todd's style, he he uses what we call a king's move, where his arm is he's he's leaning. Which back. some people outsiders might say is cheating. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the controversial moves in arm wrestling and uh, a lot of people despise it completely because you're kind of hanging off the table. Yeah. Like this that's with your right. arm almost straight. That's right. And hard it, pin. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, so his arm has been broken twice previously and it's sort of you know where the bone has healed up. It's his arm almost won't straighten. Yeah. <laughs> and so he uses that to his advantage in the positioning that he gets into where he can lean with his body uh, with his arm almost fully extended mm. uh, and but still above the pin pad. Yeah. And the other person is doing everything and anything to pin them and they just can't get that last inch and they end up exhausting themselves mm. and, and then he can you know, keep working against them until they get tired and getting through and, and winning. So that's what happened in that last time that they they met up. Um, is it fair to say that a lot of people thought that maybe Devin's days at the top of were over? Like he, he seemed to even in his social media, and he seemed to be kind of sitting back a little bit, commenting a lot on what's going on in the world, you know, uh, giving plenty of advice, but not not seemingly being ready to kind of head back to the top end. It seemed like maybe his days were were over at the top, mm. and then. This happened. Yeah. Yeah, well, he mm. said that himself. He said that uh, he was, I don't know if you said depressed, but he definitely had a lack of motivation. Mm. Um, and I think losing to Michael Todd and then with that Kings move, I mean, you have to come up with a strategy to overcome it. And it's mm. sort of like, you know, he had, he had, with Devin, he had reached the pinnacle of his career in terms of he'd done everything. He'd been world champion. He'd been around the world and has, has a living as an arm wrestler, mm. um, has a YouTube channel with a big following. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then to be beaten with the King's move. And then it's like, well, to overcome that King's move, I'm going to have to spend months to try to figure out how to do it. Mm. Do I want to invest that time to beat one guy to become the world champion again? Mm. Um, but when the match fell apart between Michael Todd and Levan, uh, and Larry Wills stepped up and said to Devin, hey, let's put you and Michael Todd together and put it in Dubai and we'll stream it and it'll be a big event, he refound that motivation. And so he started eating, I think, what, 50 pancakes a day. Enormous and amounts of food. Yeah, yeah, but the interesting thing was, so when the match actually took place, so uh, it was Devin 
destroyed Michael mm. Todd. Like yeah. Six zero. It and was incredible. Yeah, It absolutely. was almost like Michael was trying to arm wrestle his dad or something. Yeah. It was like... It, it, he, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get to his King's move. He couldn't move any which way. Uh, and Devin dom- completely dominated. And, and from an outsider's perspective, it almost looked like he was injured or like wasn't able to access his strength or maybe had some nerve issues. But mm. afterwards, he claimed that he was the strongest he's ever been going into that yeah. and, and felt like he was as prepared as he could ever ever have been. That's right. And, and what a compliment for Devin. Mm. Um, and the interesting thing, and this is what I love about the sport of arm wrestling, is that there's video of them after the match. They're both sitting in, in a couple of chairs just chatting. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure who was filming it, but th- Devin was telling Michael exactly how he'd beat him, <laughs> <laughs> what technique he'd used, how he how he did it, what he trained. He was he, he said, I, I beat you on riser, which is where mm. your wrist is not... You, your, your wrist is pointed more towards your face, yeah. Um, which is what we call with the rising muscle. Roman has an incredible, incredible riser. Incredible, Roman. Yes. <laughs> Roman's the producer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also an arm wrestler, but uh, has a concrete manual labour background. And we find a lot of guys that have that repetitive work uh, or labourer sort of jobs have that really strong wrist in that rising position. Yep. And so Devin had worked in that position um, significantly for this matchup because he figured out that if Michael wasn't able to get uh, that rising spot off of the start, he wouldn't be able to get into his king's move. Mm. And so that is what he used, and that's what won him the match completely 6-0. Mm. Um, so it is interesting with the sport of arm wrestling where it's such a camaraderie that you, you can quite literally go to your opponent after you've won and but this is what I did to win. This mm. is what you need to work on to stop me from beating you in the future. Yeah. You never have that in any of Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, you can't imagine Peter Belford uh, having a, a bit of a chat with the band of Hollyfield, giving him some tips on how to beat him <laughs> next time. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's like so what I did was I punched you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> don't get punched in the face. That's the way. You just got to avoid it. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't be 58 and box. That, there's, there's a hint for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it was a destruction. De- Devin won the match 6-0. Uh, it was it, the event overall, um, production wise, it, it, it was at a standard that could have been better, but mm. it was it, it worked and yeah. it went well enough that they're going to do another one. Mm. I'm not sure how much money he would have made, it, it would have been a significant portion because I think it was one of the most watched arm wrestling events that's ever happened of all time, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah, get do the same thing again, just great for the sport, yeah, grab the same guys. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like people will watch the the, the big names. Keep, yeah, keep throwing the big names together, and then add in. This is this is the the, the way forwards. Yeah, uh, put your name people on the cards, main events. You know, have Devin go against Schoolboy. Have mm. Michael Todd against Larry. Have you know, just mix them back up again, and and then get some more known names in there. Yeah, uh, but th- by doing that and having the audience wanting to see those matches, that's where you can add in the other people mm. and build your stars under in the undercard. And it's like, well, you know, this is the match you want to see is the headlining card, but we had this amazing undercard match we're also going to show you. And so people get to know those fighters and then all those fighters are going to be the main event next time. And then you've got a highlight reel that you can put together for you know, advertise your next fights. So mm. it's, it's building that off of uh, the event that people want to see. And that's what they missed out on with that, potential with the Michael Todd and Levan match. It was like you had the opportunity there 
to put a fight together or an arm wrestling match together that everybody wanted to see. Mm. So everyone was going to watch that card. So you had the opportunity to put all your other Russian fighters or arm wrestlers on that card and yep. all your American... You could have had a Russia versus USA card. No. Would have been you phenomenal. would have had the attention of the arm wrestling world. Absolutely. And mm. then because of... Uh, I can see the reasoning behind... You know, I mean, obviously with the European League, it's like this is our champion, this is our league, you want to come in and be part of it, then you need to work your way to the top and that's the only way forwards for us. Uh, I think that that is archaic kind of thinking. Mm. And well, it's a little bit like making, uh, you know, a heavyweight fighter who's already got four belts come over and, and start f- uh, from the beginning again in a different federation mm. uh, just because that's that federation's rules. Essentially, it's exactly what it is. That's, that's exactly Rather right. than saying, oh, well, I'm the heavyweight champion here, you're the heavyweight champion there, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Um, which is a, it's a little bit sad. But you, it, it, Devin seems to be making uh, a, a habit out of just jumping in at the last minute. <laughs> so uh, I think when we were last recording, we were talking about uh, Eddie and Thor yep. um, coming together in the ring and uh, what that might look like. Well, uh, it's not happening now, but Devin Larratt has jumped into the brief. And, and so he went through quite the transformation to get into... Uh, shaped to take on Michael Todd, where he, he, he looked like he put on maybe 30 kilos yeah. in a very, very short period of time. And now all of that weight's coming off as he prepares and builds up his cardio in preparation for Thor in the ring at, at the end of this month? I think it's this Saturday night. Is it this Saturday already? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I said. So it was a Friday night. Let's get a viewing party. Oh, that's right. It was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. This, yeah. this Saturday. This Saturday at 11 p.m. local time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, 11.30, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Devin Larratt, uh, once again, just uh, last minute jumps in. Uh, again, you know, uh, Thor looks uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks in fantastic shape. Uh, he, he, he almost, uh, it doesn't look like he'd be a, um, a, an open competitive bodybuilder these days. Oh, he looks like he, yeah. he, he might be in the menswear section. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he looks he looks in, in incredible shape and yep. looks like a fighter. And uh, Devin Larratt's coming to it with uh, a military background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems he's not had any competitive uh, bouts previously. Mm-hmm. So this is, once again, one of those crossover events that seems increasingly popular in the world of combat sports, yeah. which seems strange because combat sports are the most dangerous, the highest risk, yeah. greater chance of being injured permanently than in any... And yet uh, there's Devin Larratt thinking, I'll jump in the ring with the strongest man in the world. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Incredible. Sure. No, it says a lot about Devin Larratt, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah. What an awesome guy. And mm. if, if you ever watch... And him. he's 46 or 47 years old? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, he's got the special forces background. Um, mm. You know, having been in the Canadian military, and you know, I'm not sure how much physical. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, obviously, crazy physical training. But in terms of um, combat, you know, like boxing, I'm not sure how much of that hand to hand stuff that they would have specifically. It would have been trained. a long time ago, one would imagine. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, when Eddie Hall got injured and stepped out of the card, you've got Devon. That's you know, jumped up, and the and I would say that one of the main reasons for that is there is a viral video of um, uh, Thor and Devin arm wrestling at an event. Yes, um, yeah, a few years ago with Devin, you know, just pinning Thor easily. Yes, uh, even though strongest man in the world and humongous at, at the that time. time. Yeah, yeah, and Devin 
easily winning. And again, that just shows that the techniques of arm wrestling, uh, you know, preventing somebody that's stronger being able to access their strength. Because mm. um, obviously Thor, you know, he's probably <laughs> 10 times stronger than yeah. Devin is. Uh, and, and it was a different Thor then too. Yeah. I mean, Thor, Thor, it wasn't long after he'd uh, done 500 kilo uh, bench press. Uh, yeah. uh, um, bench press. That would yeah, be, be, be With one hand. <laughs> <laughs> just a warm up, uh, right. uh, but uh, deadlift, and uh, it wasn't long thereafter. Say so that was still Uber, <laughs> yeah. Uber Thor, yeah, and yeah. then uh, and and I would say Devon was well, just skinny old Devon at that point. That's he he right. didn't didn't seem to be. Uh, he'd look like a normal guy if you bumped yeah. into a street. If normal people were normally six foot five, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. But going into this fight, so yeah, uh, Eddie Hall injured last minute. Devon Larratt, okay, I'll jump in, and everyone's like, okay, well. You know how to box, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, you got two names mm. and an interest, and yeah. they've built a storyline, and doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, throw them in. Let's see. It. I'll watch it. Yeah, and I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, isn't it interesting? Like, it's just a matter of profile. It's a. It, uh, there was a um, uh, recently uh, a movie that uh, was cast, and and a lot of the casting decisions were were made on the uh, the followings mm. of of those respective people that were going for those roles. Yeah. And, you know, there's no doubt that if you got 3 million people that follow you on Instagram, that you're there's some degree of bankability there. Yeah. So if you're going to be an investor uh, or you're a producer of a movie, well, you want some kind of a surety that I'm not going to put up five no-name people mm. if it's not going to cost me any more to attract some people that have already got an audience of people that love them. And I guess that's where... Devin Larratt's work over the last few years in developing that audience that he's developed his storyline there's there's a uh, amongst his community and uh, and has some really devout and passionate fans mm -hmm. that just want to see him do anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be arm wrestling. Yeah. And, and to see him kind of stray into these areas is uh, is something that his fan base is super excited about. Yeah. And I think Thor's fan base would just want to see a fight yes, and right. they, they don't even know who Devin Larratt is. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're just happy that there's going to be somebody else in there because yeah. they, they're just interested in seeing how Thor goes in the ring. Uh, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I I, I see. There's um, for these style, this style of event is really fun, mm. um, but isn't it interesting to contrast that with what we what we saw with Evander Holyfield and Vita Belford? Mm -hmm. Not so fun. No, you no, know, that's right. It, yeah, well, it'll see. We'll see how fun it is after the event, yeah. whether or not <laughs> Devin walks straight into one of those punches and gets knocked out, which yep. I think is what's going to happen. Do you think? Okay, so this is your bold this prediction. Is my prediction. Yeah, first round, forty seconds in knockout. Forty seconds yeah, in. From looking at the sparring footage of Devin, uh, he is, has this habit. He, I don't know why anyone hasn't created this, but he's holding his hands up and walking into punches, mm. and it's like. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing that? You know, I mean, sure, if you're trying to crowd somebody, or, uh, but he's not. He's not throwing anything back. And and I don't know. Maybe in that f in that three minutes that I've seen of his training, it, he would have been knocked out like six times. I think against <laughs> anybody that was actually trying to punch him. Um, and there's not a lot of snap that can happen when your arm doesn't straighten either. That's right. So uh, Devin is uh, unfortunately somewhat handicapped by <laughs> his, his ability to not, <laughs> not be able to straighten his arms due to arm wrestling for That's all right. those years. He's basically his arms are like this. Yeah, he walks looks like a T Rex. It does. He looks <laughs> sort of like a uh, you know like a gorilla going along the street. If you had a silhouette and you just saw a shadow go past, you'd be like, is that a gorilla? Is that a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> his wrists are in. No, no it's Levin. Uh, oh, it's Levin. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the next arm wrestling match that should have happened was Levin and Devin. Mm. Levin and Devin. 
Um, <laughs> and that didn't happen. They, you know, the Europeans have their own thing happening, the top eight thing. And one of the Americans, Dave Chafee, mm. uh, they ended up having a match together. And Levan obviously won that 6-0 yeah. domination. Um, and, you know, th- th- for, for the Europeans, it was like, aha, we told you our guy was the best, you know, but it was Dave Chafee wasn't at the highest level in the American League. He's definitely mm. one of one of the best. Yeah. But he is not the current champion. He no. is not at the absolute pinnacle, which is what Levan is. And yeah. so he was sort of expected to lose. But, you know, mm. everyone was sort of, I think if anyone wasn't a fan of the European League, they were going, please, Dave, you yeah. know, <laughs> get, just win, you know. But uh, domination, I mean, Levan is obviously fantastic. And, and it would still be an interesting match to see him versus... Mm. Devin versus Michael Todd to yep. see if Michael could get his King's Move style working. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the boxing match, so you've got Thor and Devin. My prediction is is Thor by a landslide. I wow. think I'm okay. going to put some big money on Thor. Wow. And uh, I think that when you next week when we do our okay. episode, we'll I'll either be eating my shirt or <laughs> we'll be sitting back with a uh, sparkly. Gold necklace and <laughs> <laughs> Did you windfall. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Be, oh, if you if you walk in here balling, we know what we, we know what happened. Yeah, you'll so. see me with a hat right down. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, watching that footage and seeing, I mean, oh god, I don't know. Mm. It's going to be fun. Yeah, the fanfare will be fun. Yeah, the spectacle. Yeah, I don't know how much fun it will be. If he gets obliterated, yeah, and they'll go, why did you let him get in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see the extent that Thor. Uh, uh, this is pure entertainment, essentially. Mm. I mean, there's no reputation on the right. line. No one's got a legacy to worry about. Neither men have fought in the in in the ring f- uh, with any type of vigor um, previously. So mm. it's all just. It, it seems like a fun fun time. Yeah, yeah. So I just wonder if Thor will feel that he is uh, in a good place and uh, and just plays it out for entertainment, perhaps. He mm. goes a little bit light on, on mm. Devin. I don't think you uh, will. You don't think you will? You <laughs> think he'll take the chance to get a, get a good win under the lights? And yeah. D- yeah. I think Thor's that kind of guy where yeah. he's like, any challenge, he wants to dominate it. He yeah. wants to destroy it and he wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, his previous bouts were largely unimpressive. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess he's got a, a point to prove there and especially... Uh, because Eddie looked really good on the bags. He's a strong. He's got a lot of snap there, and he's strong, and he moves well, and yeah. he's definitely got a, a fighter's background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's really it'd be interesting to see whether this is a stepping stone for Thor, or whether this is the last time you ever see him in the ring. It, well, yeah, if he loses, that'll be it. I mean, the, he he can't make the Eddie Hall match up after. No. So no. Eddie's probably sitting there going, "Please, Thor, win." Yeah. No, he probably doesn't. It's a big like payday on much. the end for both of yeah. those guys, isn't that's right. it? That's it, a that's a huge one. It would destroy the match if Devin <laughs> comes in and wins. It's like, okay, Eddie, I guess you're going against Devin now. Yeah, and then it's Devin Levan in the ring. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. how we sort that that's one. Out. Like, yeah. Sorry, Devin, you're now a boxer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, the, uh, the greatest arm wrestler of all time. Before we get off of arm wrestling, uh, just uh, jump back on the tables. Uh, um, not a lot of training, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, just um, very minimal. Um, uh, preparation and found himself on the tables with Chance Shaw, yep. who's a great young up and coming super heavyweight mm-hmm. uh, in America. He's uh, ranked in the top ten um, and a very impressive young man. And uh, got uh, well, got taught yeah. a lesson. 
Yeah, that's by right. By a 60 year old man. That's right. The yeah. greatest of all time. Exactly. Yeah. There's well, not too many combat sports where the greatest of all time can come back at yeah. 60, as we learned with Vander Holyfield, exactly. and, uh, and essentially be very authoritative on, on the table. Mm. Um, so, yes, John, John Brzezink is, is who you're referencing. Who did I, what did I call you him? You didn't say his name at all. Oh, did I not? You were talking he, about this name? mystical figure. This mystical the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. The perfect storm. <laughs> the guy whose name I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got skin and wears clothes, breathes he's air. He's been known. Yeah, he's been known. <laughs> he's been known to do those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so coming back, um, John Brzezink, greatest arm wrestler at, uh, of all time, uh, although he hates to be called that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you know, if anyone introduces him as that, and he walks out and loses. It's like, oh, do you the greatest yeah, 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe you need to change your name. Yeah. No, but, um, Yes, uh, dominated for, pff, I think, 25 years. Mm. He was unbeaten or something. Yeah. Um, and had retired maybe the last five years and mm. dabbled in a little bit, you know, see some training footage or somebody that had a bit of um, celebrity status might come and uh, you know, some arm wrestlers would, would do a little bit of training with him or he'd be at an event or something like that. So sort of still in the realm, but mm. uh, recently was like, okay, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to get back in. And he went and did a tournament. Dominated the tournament, won first place easily, uh, and then had a super match with, yeah, as you said, one of the up-and-comers, um, Chance Shaw, and dominated that match as well. So yep. there are some interesting matches for John, and I don't see him going through uh, at that same absolute highest level mm. um, and, you know, beating the, the current world champions and that sort of thing. Yeah. But like with the other uh, events we were just talking about, there are a lot of fun mm. matches to see yeah. and a lot of uh, potentials where it's like you've got somebody who is a young up-and-comer. It's like, well, let's see how John goes against them. Or you know, here's a another guy of that similar era that has a name that John could go against. And, you know, people will watch John arm wrestle no matter who Yeah, he is. exactly right. He's arm yep. wrestle uh, his nana and I would watch it. You know yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that, that ability to have that built-in audience and then put him on anywhere mm. uh, you know and people will watch um has a lot of value to 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 setting up an event yeah yeah well i think john brzee would be the least commercial greatest of all time athlete of all time yeah. um yeah. you know in that uh he's uh you know a, a lot of people outside the sport would have no idea who he is mm -hmm. but uh, even uh within the sport he's really low-key you yeah. know, he's, he doesn't have a YouTube channel, or, or he might might have just started a YouTube just channel just one, recently. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he, he's not crying out for attention. He's not. He's just so under the radar. Mm. Um, you know, with and and the man with the greatest legacy, um, and with the most to probably share in the sport. Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting to now see that maybe um, in a social media sense the the giant has been awoken and yeah. we, we might see a lot more uh from from john but also how good would that be for uh for arm wrestling yeah you know, for sure. i think that that's a that's a wonderful thing that yeah. more people see more of him that's right well it's the same with uh ryan bowen um one of the biggest uh was well, one of the best arm wrestlers in the country there yeah oh, there he is and he was on our podcast uh episode doesn't say seven, I think. Seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was talking about because he does a, a podcast with John, and obviously John Brzezink is everybody's hero in in the arm wrestling world. Uh, and Ryan wants to give back. He he recognizes that John has been the absolute champion for for so long, mm. but because 
arm wrestling is still underground. Um, the, the money side of it isn't there yet. Uh, yeah. I think I believe that in the next five to ten years that it will start really starting to rise and people are making full-time careers from it and yeah. potential big paydays and that sort of thing. But John missed out on that time, yeah. even though he was so dominant. So Ryan uh, wanting to allow anything that he makes or does uh, and, and supporting John to get him to that level where he can mm. start uh, Where he can earn a living out of the sport that he's given so much that's to. That's right, exactly, mm. and and to benefit him in any way, which you know is, is awesome of Ryan exactly. and great for John as well, because you know the world loves him and wants to see him do well continually. Yep. And anybody who watches arm wrestling or has has seen any any sort of arm wrestling will discover John Brzezink in there somewhere. Yeah, and go okay, well this guy, or this guy, or this guy, and it leads you to John Brzezink. All roads lead to John Brzezink. Yeah, he beats everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to see him be able to, to sort of not cash in, but to get a reward for that, yeah. even if it's now after the fact. Yeah, it's like hey, here's an opportunity. The sport has grown, but we still want you to get be part of it and we want you to benefit from that growth. Yeah. Yeah, and, and locally uh, in arm wrestling, before we get off topic, uh, that man right there against Lachlan Adair yeah. uh, coming up to essentially determine who the number one is in, in Australia now. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's uh, going to be a super, super interesting one. But also, I mean, these guys are, are best friends. Yeah. Uh, I think Lachlan was recently best man at uh, no, yeah. Ryan's Wedding or vice versa, I or both. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they, these guys are best mates, uh, but they're meeting across the table to determine who is going to be number one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel for Lachlan. Lachlan uh, uh, flew all the way to Perth to take on the number one at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Milkman. Uh, yeah, Ryan Scott. Yeah. Ryan Scott. And, uh, and, and, because of COVID, uh, you know, was put back on a plane, sent back home. Yep. And uh, Ryan, who just happened to get there within the specific window, mm -hmm. stepped in his place, took out the number one positioning in quite a, well, completely unprepared, but nonetheless in, in quite a, uh, a dominating uh, a way. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and people had just been watching Ryan and Lachlan on the practice table, seeing how much stronger Lachlan was at the time. Yeah, But we saw a bit of a form reversal just recently as uh, Ryan had been uh, preparing for a bout in New Zealand mm -hmm. against a super heavyweight who'd be 50 or 60 kilos. Yeah. heavier than him uh, just a beast of a man yeah. um, and uh, Orion was uh, has been in preparation uh, mm -hmm. for, for that and in training with Lachlan seemed to have it on Lachlan which uh, surprised a lot of people yeah. uh, in the world of YouTube um, and so we're going to find out once and for all who's the number one uh, in the country any predictions around that Ooh, um, I'm picking Ryan you're picking Ryan you're going to go Ryan. Ryan and and my reasoning uh, I think does he still sponsor your YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Ryan. Because <laughs> he's sponsoring my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, Don't no. forget to go to Pound for Pound. Yeah, for Pound for Pound, <laughs> uh, for all your arm wrestling needs. No, <laughs> uh, no so um, Lachlan is a very strong guy. Mm. And he has, if you ever watch his, his videos, he's deadlifting. 300 plus kilos, he's super strong. Uh, bench pressing, you know, your traditional powerlifting, he's a strong guy. On the arm wrestling table, he uses that strength. Uh, and, it, you know, his technique is not at the same level, I would say, fairly, um, as what Ryan's is. But his strength uh, is allows him to, to win uh, the majority of his matches based off of that. But 
he's in the last year especially i see his technique has improved significantly and that's probably through all the table time he has had with Mm, ryan with ryan yeah but it might be to his detriment in this match because ryan knows his ins and outs (laughs) the person who taught you how to do everything is the one you're going against um wonder what he didn't tell him yeah that's exactly Mm. right and in arm wrestling there is so much based around that that setup of yep. where your hands are, your wrist positioning, and your knowledge of your opponent and what their strengths are, where to avoid allowing them to go, where you can feel it when your hands are being put together before the referee says go. Mm. If you get a lot of information as to what they're trying to do. And it's like, if you know this person's game inside out, yep. it's like, oh, he's trying to do this move. Well, I need to do this to avoid that, you know? Mm. So, um, I think that so. How, how much heavier does Lachlan have to be <sighs> to beat Ryan? Because uh, I think uh, there's about ten kilos or so difference between yeah. them at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if weight is the factor. Mm. I don't think it is. I think he could be forty kilos heavier, and right. it wouldn't wouldn't change anything. Okay, I, th- I think it's because it, it seemed on the table previously when there was a gap of about fifteen or so kilos, Lachlan seemed to be able to dominate him physically. It didn't matter the technique so much. Mm. There was a there was enough there. That yeah. Lachlan was able to power through. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think in recent training videos, Ryan has closed that gap. And, yeah. it, it, you know, you're seeing a lot of back and forth where it was previous to that, uh, maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, when Ryan was down here for the Apex Festival. Mm. He said, you know, there's nothing I can do against Lachlan. I can't <laughs> move him here. I can't move him there. But he's obviously upped his game mm. as well in terms of the strength side. So yeah, it's interesting technique versus strength. You know, and, and when somebody does have enough strength to keep that technique from being the factor, then they can win. You can blow through somebody's um, you know, superior technique. Mm. But if you if you have a, a strength level that allows you to get the technique that you need, then you know that's where you'll get through. But I I do think it will be close. Uh, I I'm not sure how many rounds they're doing, but if it, let's say there's six rounds, um, or sorry, if, uh, yeah, well they'll probably pull six rounds regardless. Uh, I, I think Ryan will probably win five. Mm. So mm. Yeah, I, I think that Lachlan's strength might get him through either right at the start or maybe in the first or the second round. But I think the technique uh, that Ryan Bowen and the setup knowledge that he has mm. will probably get him the victory. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. Lots to look forward to. Uh, you're betting on that one? Because uh, that one's on uh, State Kings? State Kings. State Kings. Uh, right. do, do you understand much about that? Do you I've, know how that I've, works? Yeah, it's, it's okay. strange. Uh, maybe you can explain sure. that. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a betting website, and you've got your two opponents, then you can put a bet on one or the other. But the way that they've set it up is, uh, I think it, they've done this, it's, it's like with a traditional betting website you know anybody can jump on and make a bet mm. with this one they have like a set amount of money that can be put on somebody and they call it like a block or something and it's right. like you know this block is open and you can bet while it's open um, once it hits a certain money point and it's probably because the owners of Stake King don't want to be in a position where they lose <laughs> a lot of money yeah. um, so let's say it's a thousand dollars that could be bet on as a maximum block and it's like okay if you want to get in on the action and you want to bet 50 bucks then you're able to do that in that block window yeah once the amount of money has been reached the thousand dollars people have put a thousand dollars that block is ended yeah so whether or not they decide okay well we can put another block out and we'll set a different rate yeah um that's what they'll do so Mm. yeah so you might jump on there and find 
that the block is open and you can put your bet on. Yeah. But you might not be able to bet the amount you want. But no. um, uh, it, it might be closed on one opponent and open on the other. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting way to do it. Mm. But I would say that's that's the reason they've set it up that way. So they're reducing their their risk as oh, somebody put ten million dollars on this. <laughs> we don't have that much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, reducing their exposure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's sensible and uh, and bringing money into the sport as well, mm. you know, and and just a, another element to it that's just a adds to the fun factor somewhat too. Yeah, it's it, good. You put twenty bucks on something, and yeah, you're, you're so much more invested yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. weird, even if it's you know ten, five ten dollars, you'd like sometimes uh, there'll be a UFC fight on, and I've never seen either of the guys before, and I'm like mm. five bucks on it, and yeah. then you are going for that. Yeah, thing, you like, go. Come on. <laughs> You're my guy. Yeah, come on, grab the money, go on. I'm gonna win two dollars sixty if you win. <laughs> well, there's uh, so we've got um, two big uh, promotions going on, and I know how hard it is for local promotions to get any event up and running right now. So it's, it's so difficult in this COVID era of restrictions and lockdowns, and uh, not just hard to put on an event and get people into a room, but uh, hard for the fighters um, to prepare. And for those fighters that have been in lockdown in New South Wales and Victoria, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, and our thoughts are definitely with you. These are, these are very, very difficult times, especially for those athletes that feel they might be peaking or working towards the peak of their career mm-hmm. to have in some cases uh, you know a year or two basically taken away from them um yeah it, it's it's really yeah it's really tough so uh but uh two local fight promotions are wading through the the, the covid mire right now mm-hmm. and uh, dfc's diamondback fighting championships event um, we were talking about that when we were last on air and it's been postponed uh, on several occasions now but October, mm-hmm. end of October, looks like a thing. So yeah. fingers and toes crossed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've got Pride Fight Championship, uh, Fight Series, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, taking place uh, October long weekend yeah. uh, here in Adelaide as well. A huge card, oh, a lot of local talent. <laughs> I keep saying, because um, one of, uh, so Carla Gangel is, is running the event, putting it together. One of her um, trainers comes through, trains at my gym, and every time I come th- she comes in in the morning, I'm yeah. like, you got 19 fights happening on 19 that card? 19 fights. 19. I'm like, what time is it starting? She's like, 5 o'clock. I'm like, it's going to end. 5 o'clock like, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to end at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, it's like telethon, but for with, <laughs> with kicks and punches. That's right. <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. No, <laughs> less fat cat. Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah. So huge event. Um, and, uh, and, and, and just in congratulations to Carly, uh, in particular for being so persistent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of money involved in the, in running these uh, types of promotions and and to keep going against the inertia of restrictions and SA health mandates and supporting the athletes as well. It, oh. um, you know, my, my hat's off to you, Carly. Well yeah. done. Um, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. So uh, we'll be down there on the October long weekend yeah. uh, supporting the event. So uh, And uh, you should do the same. If you haven't already got your tickets, head over to pridefightseries.com.au and uh, secure your tickets now. There's still a, a few left. But, of course, uh, uh, all access is restricted thanks to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you get a, a good ticket yeah. uh, now. It's uh, 999 tickets available maximum and... Um, from 
what the trainer was telling me that, that they have all the people who previously bought their tickets uh, for the event that's been postponed. Yep. No one's returned. So oh, excellent. That's everyone a really wants supportive to see community. This and no one's like, okay, we'll give my ticket back. So there might be limited supply. So if you're interested, it's Muay Thai. Uh, so 19 fights, yep. uh, a lot of local fighters, um, but there is a, a significant amount of interstate fighters coming along. Titles fights on the line, a lot of girls fighting as well. I think there's four girls fights on there. Awesome. Uh, so it, should be a big event. Nineteen. If you if you're interested in my, if tie, you've been missing out uh, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. need your fill of live Ooh. fight uh, um, uh, action, then yeah. this is a, a must must see event. Yeah, so we should run like three fights at the same time in the same room. In the same. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the team MMA? I think that's a yeah. Russian concept. That yeah. one, that's yeah, it's, right. <laughs> it's always Russian. <laughs> it's <just> slap fighting. <laughs> so if you haven't already got your tickets, make your way straight over to the website now, pridefightseries.com.au. Get your tickets now. Support local combat sports, and uh, and for now, I think that's it from us. So uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for waiting as we got this beautiful studio all built out. Thanks to Roman for his persistence on the technology side of things over uh, the well over the last few days but he's been here since 9 30 this morning getting this all set up so that we look as good as what we do so if we don't look that good it's roman's <laughs> fault uh and uh and, and matt a pleasure to have you back mate thank I'll you try, very much you got both of go. them out there there we go that's what that's what they all came to see that's right. uh izzy um well izzy's on a secret mission right now that yeah. we can't really talk much about so uh we're gonna leave it there before we do say too much yeah. <laughs> about something we don't know about she's gone dark uh, she's gone dark gone that's, that's all you need to know for now. Uh, but she will be back and uh, looking forward to uh, having Izzy uh, back here in the studio sometime soon. So, uh, And to everybody who's been tuning in, thank you so much. And we'll look forward to bringing you a whole lot more Daily Combat Sport podcast very, very soon. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Daily Combat Podcast. Special thanks also go out to our main sponsor, Real Estate Agents Group. This company is growing to become one of South Australia's largest independent real estate groups. With their board of directors with over 100 years of collective real estate industry experience, Real is for real people by real people. Check them out on Facebook under Real Estate Agents Group or visit their website urbanandruralsales.com.au The Daily Combat Podcast is proudly brought to you by Dave Stockbridge, Isabella Rossitano and Hollywood Matt Connolly. Make sure to give us a five-star review as this helps us to continue to promote combat sports in Australia and around the world. You can find out more information about the podcast at dailycombatnews.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms with full video episodes available on YouTube. Just search The Daily Combat Podcast. Thank you again for listening from all of us here at The Daily Combat Podcast team.